Hey there, guys and gals, it's me, El Capitan Muerte himself, Captain Death, here to tell you guys about an exciting new announcement I have that I'm going to put online here for a couple of the episodes. We have a new merch store up on redbubble.com, www.redbubble.com, backslash people, backslash El Capitan Muerte. Uh, you know, buy a sticker. It's like three bucks. Have have fun. You know, you do you. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on to the show. Uh, thank you all so much for your patronage, and stay spoopy. I hate, I hate to claim, like, favoritism, but every once in a while, I'll just download a few episodes to put them on my, my iPod, because I, mm-hmm. I, this, this might be news for everyone, but I don't have enough space on my iPod to have all the episodes anymore, so I have, I have to play favoritism, and I think your last two episodes have always stayed on my iPod because I just find them so fucking funny. We're just that good together. I mean, you know. (laughs) It's like peanut butter and chocolate except spooky and monster fucking. Exactly. Which one am I? (laughs) (laughs) My friend wants to know. You're the monster fucking. Okay, good, good. We're on the same page. I just wanted to make really, really sure, and I kind of wanted to hear you say it, so, like, good talk. Monster fucking. Awesome. We can end the episode now, right? <laughs> yeah, no, here we are. This is this is obviously where we're at, because it's been a while we have to cover our tracks from last time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. A lot, a lot has happened. We've definitely come a, a long way on the on our... Uh, journey to our three-year anniversary that is going to be starting up on episode 150 but to bring in the new year i chose none other than cannibal siren (gasps) that's me oh shit (laughs) (laughs) that that was your cue oh god i gotta think of something to say (laughs) well captain death it's a beautiful night over here in (laughs) nameless town because I can't say my location lest someone come to kill me which would be very Halloween appropriate. Is that something you actually is that something you think about? Okay so not usually but the other day I was in a bar eating a delicious plate of barbecue and they had decided it's like this great dive bar near where I live and um, I went like midday because I heard there was barbecue Uh, so I was just, you know, minding my own business and they were playing the new Halloween movie. And I ironically purposely avoid horror movies at all possible junctures because (laughs) I am quite easily startled and everything scares me to the point where I can't sleep. And I was just watching Mike Myers, like slice and dice people. I'm sucking on murders kids. Oh yeah, totally. You know, like child after child. Oh yeah. Chopping up babies hiding in closets uh-huh. and they you know what sucks too they do like the horror movie tropes like that motherfucker was in a closet like yeah. and like it's so tropey but it's still so scary because it's him yeah 
and he's so big and I'm so small. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was just like watching it sucking on a rib bone and I was like, oh, this is no longer delicious. And so, yeah, the last couple of nights, especially, I've just been kind of waiting for him to hang around. And, you know, I don't know, jump out of my closet and dice me up. that time of year after (laughs) all. Slicing and dicing time of year. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask when you said you didn't like horror things, or at least you have an aversion to them because you Mm -hmm. don't like being scared. I was going to ask if you knew what podcast you were on. But the the truth is uh, almost everyone on the show relates to having the fear of, of the unknown and the fear of specific things on that we read about and that's actually what what makes a lot of our readers like stand out i think Mm -hmm. is what they bring to the table as far as fear goes um what are your top three fears captain death my top three fears yeah just like off the top of your head we've we uh See my, I don't like talking about my fears because they're like metaphysical. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. they're like, I'm not, I'm not afraid of, like things happening to me. I'm afraid like, oh, uh, <laughs> this is this is like really <laughs> personal, but it's like, um, I, I I get afraid personal. that uh, I really will die by myself. Like Aww. I really will die alone. Like I know that everyone says that you you end up dying alone because you came into the world alone essentially Mm -hmm. and it's like it's like i'm really worried that like no one for miles will actually be around and i actually have to pass from this world like by myself and like that's just a a monstrous undertaking for me to think about yeah that's that's pretty scary that's like number (laughs) one is like i get in a car accident in the middle of nowhere up a mountain and it's like my car is derailed from the road so people don't see that there was an accident and like Mm -hmm. i'm just bleeding out in the middle of a fucking you know snow gully Mm -hmm. and uh are wolves there? You know, uh, like they throw- they will be soon. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. I there's always wolves, but I just so figured- you know it it follows in the same vein that like uh, special fear number two is like my death won't have meaning. Mm, it's like I I'm a yeah, very a egotistical one. and arrogant individual. Obviously, you are a Leo. A, I make a show <laughs> where all I do is talk. I'd like to think that. Uh, people will miss me when I'm gone and like big fear number two is that no one misses you world continues moving without you and Mm -hmm. no one gives a fuck oh Um, yeah it's it's really weird because I'm like also like depressed and suicidal all the time so trust me I know it's a really weird give and take it's like I want people to care about me but I don't care about me fuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so what's it gonna be <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the candy man like comes out of my closet he's like so what's it gonna be and i'm like shut up i'm dealing with shut some up. stuff right now come back Sh- later shut up nerd i get talk about this <laughs> shut, up. shut up nerd and he just he like creeps back and he like puts his hook hand in his pocket and he's like really upset Oh, yeah, you heard his fucking feelings, and he's, like, going to think about it now when he goes to bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah no, they, they follow that realm. And, um, you know, I, I was I was talking to Scutch McGee about it the other day. There, there mm-hmm. are several people on the show who are just, like, flagrantly 
uh, afraid of things that we read about That's to the me. point where like I make <laughs> them read things because I know that they're going to react in a certain way. <laughs> well, I should keep my fucking mouth shut then. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is like I like playing to your strengths though. We Which like is monster fucking. That- <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but I was going to say it. So the truth is uh we we the last couple episodes have read stuff along the lines of questionable interactions between (laughs) (laughs) creatures that are not human or of this realm anymore i still think i'd say this began three episodes ago and i think oh yeah and we just kept riding it out you know like pun (laughs) intended well then i found (laughs) i specifically went out of my way to find a story about monster fucking and then when we thought we were (laughs) then when we thought what we were away from it and done with it it came back in the alien episode and i was like jesus Oh yeah, the alien so, episode was like intense. Like that was like metaphysical monster fucking too. I know. I everyone know. wants to fuck aliens. Like we should have known. Honestly, I wasn't like, gonna say that. I was gonna say aliens want to fuck with humans all the time. Oh, I just assumed everyone wanted to fuck aliens. I think I'm projecting. <laughs> no, I definitely fuck an alien. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, but like, am I alone? I don't think so. I don't think like, so at all. Like little clack clue with with uh, you know they don't have genders over there, so I'm just gonna say his uh, his big old bald head comes walking out of a ship, but he has like big old titties. Yeah. And I'm just gonna be like, huh? What nice. are you looking for? You looking <laughs> for me? some some human seed to bring back to your planet <laughs> so that you can so that you can you could inject it into the earth and revive it once again but you well, need human dna to do so you don't say you don't mean you know when you use the word seed it just seems so unromantic um, <laughs> that's hey that's what clack said all right that's not uh, those weren't my words honestly you're right i'm being unfair and maybe that's their version of romance yeah. <laughs> I, <don't know>, <laughs> I had like the ugliest laugh i thought that uh <laughs> like in my head i saw two aliens just being you know the you know the meme like that that that's been happening recently where the comics of aliens trying to understand human concepts yeah <laughs> i love those i i find those comics very entertaining mm-hmm. um I just saw in my head like a like a comic strip of the two of them saying, like, so what do we do now? You put your thingy in my hoo-ha. Oh, all right. And then, like, he does it, and he's like, what do we do now? Well, we keep moving and we dance in the bed until something happens. What are we waiting for? For something to happen. And then they just sit there and stare at each other, and, they, and then, like, the last frame is like... Something is happening. <laughs> like that's what I saw in my head. God, sorry. I find those comics very entertaining. <laughs> I found that very entertaining. <laughs> I'm glad. Me too. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, nothing like a good talk about monster fucking to open up an episode. I feel like it always. I comes have back to. to this. It's it's your it's your thing. You're it's the my siren. Brand. It's true. It's You're my the brand. siren. It's it's like been here since be episode doing, one. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing more killing and eating, but you know, 
I, I, I guess everyone has to rebel sometime, right? <laughs> the step one is the fucking. What you choose uh, to do afterwards is totally your prerogative. That's beautiful. You're, the world is your oyster. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, because you're in the ocean. <laughs> exactly. Cannibalism, drowning, all kinds of other dismemberment and discombobulation. It's all yours to explore. Oh, fuck. I can talk about this for a second. I went and saw a Lighthouse. And, I've heard um, things about this. Well, it's the guy who did The Witch. And yeah. The Witch is also very, like... What's The uh, Witch? Is that the Vivitch? Yes. The, ger- <laughs> I literally, the German Vivitch. I just watched it yesterday. That's great. For I the first time. I don't know how I felt about it. I was, like, not, like, from... I mean, obviously, I was terrified because, you know... <laughs> I'm a yes. little baby, but <laughs> that goes without saying. But I like, I don't know. I, I actually liked it up until the end and I didn't, I wasn't big on the ending. I don't know why. I actually love the ending. I'm, I wasn't big on it. I, I was love like, payoff. You what? Sorry. I love payoff. Like I love, I love a culmination point. I like when, um, you know, I, I'm not going to go ahead and say that uh, because it's kind of heralded as this like feminist mm-hmm. ending. It's really not. It's no, just, I don't um, think so either. I don't think it's a feminist ending at all. But I just think it's it's a more positive ending than it had to be, and that's kind of why I like it. Whereas Lighthouse just has this bleak fucking ending, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't like it as much. And I will blame it on the ending. What I will say is Lighthouse is. Um, it's a completely different film, first mm-hmm. off. Um, it's a two-person show, mm-hmm. uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and I love them both dearly. They are such good actors. Um, them in combination also seems, like, strange, but, like, uh, like It good. totally works. It totally works, because Pattinson can do period pieces, and Willem Dafoe can do anything. This so they true. both they both work very well with one another, And um, I was going to say, the reason I'm bringing it up is Pattinson has, he's a classic case of unreliable narrator. I'm not going to spoil anything from the movie, but Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of what you see in the film is, is very American psycho-ish up to your interpretation of whether or not it's actually happening. Mm -hmm. So... It does not hold your hand as a film, much like Witch didn't, mm-hmm. to let you know whether or not something's actually happening. And in The Witch, you have an ending where you you know what happened. Yeah, it was you, very concrete. Yes. At the end of Lighthouse, you are left just as, just as blank, just as blasé as the beginning. You're just mm-hmm. as, you know... Uh, lost essentially and um, I, it was still a beautiful film it was a 3-4 aspect ratio in classic black and white uh, there is no soundtrack just ambient noise it's very haunting um, it's also very intriguing it reminds me of a bunch of different films I'm not going to get too much into it because what I really wanted to say was in his delusions he sees mermaids sometimes Nice. But they're not like Willem Dafoe will go on like a tirade about how there are certain curses and seamen that go crazy thinking of sirens out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And 
in one specific shot, they just slow zoom in on a mermaid's vagina. Wow. I have a lot of feelings full, about those. Full labia and clit and everything. Good for her. And, <laughs> and she's just sexily looking at Robert Pattinson, who then begins to fuck the siren. So Damn. it's just him, sprawled legs, ass in the air, giving it to this mermaid, and the fishtail is just flopping beneath him. And um, at one point he realizes exactly what he's doing and she starts to laugh and her face kind of contorts and he uh, he just very slowly gets up and runs away like a like a little pussy. And she just screams after him (laughs) in her in her siren call, kind of laughing at him and mocking him and, you know, saying that he's far gone, you know, essentially with her with her shrieks. I like that you were like, he's a pussy. I would have finished the fucking job. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would have done, you know, I would have done what I, what I was there for. Like, uh, no, he, he's he's a pussy because so much of, of what happens in the movie is absolutely his fault. And if he yeah. had just, if he had just stopped to think about any of it, mm-hmm. it probably would have helped him out a bunch. But they don't quite and this and this is where i get off topic a little bit um in in the witch you're second guessing the narrative you're not so much second guessing the characters mm-hmm. um in lighthouse you are second guessing both okay that so makes it's sense. very it's very hard to get a grip of what is actually happening mm-hmm. and what the characters are actually feeling because they'll even mm-hmm. fake you out a couple times that makes sense. Um, and it's also like the witch has zero metaphorical level. It is literally a story about pilgrims versus a witch. Mm-hmm. The lighthouse has like several metaphorical levels, like nah. Willem Dafoe's characters based off of uh, Proteus, the uh, the son of Poseidon, mm-hmm. and Pattinson's characters based off of uh, Prometheus. So if you don't know either of those Greek tales, Greek characters, you almost don't understand what the movie's about. And I find that kind of detrimental. So, you know, that's yeah, all that's I really want to say not, about it. Yeah, that's not like accessible in that case. It's not it's accessible not. to everyone and it, and without. It, and it. If you don't know that, like, like the minute the end happens, he does one thing at the ending that is straight Mm -hmm. out of the Greek myth of Prometheus and and it clicked. I had like a Eureka moment Mm -hmm. because Willem Dafoe is spouting about Proteus, you know, 30 minutes into the movie. But you, mm-hmm. you're still trying, like, the entire time to see whether or not Willem Dafoe is full of shit or if Robert Pattinson is, you know, a Greek tragedy. And up until the last moment, you're guessing, you're guessing, you're guessing, and then it clicks because he does one specific thing that is classic out of the Greek tragedy, and then it literally ends the same way the Greek tragedy does. So, you know, I'll let you read into that however you want to read into that if you know Prometheus at all. But I do. There are two big things from the Prometheus Greek tragedy that 
happen in the movie and it almost feels unwarranted. Mm-hmm. Like too I guess heavy. I'll say like yeah. Like I had the same reaction when I watched Ari Aster's movies, um Hereditary and Midsummer. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch either of them, but I read the synopsis of Midsummer because I wanted to know what happened. <laughs> it's worth a watch. You you would find it interesting. Not, neither of them are very horrifying movies. Mm-hmm. Like visually. Not many visually horrifying things happen. They're both just very psychological. And, um, and the director likes to do things like putting faces in the background, you oh, know, in fun. landscape and shit. So... You'll find yourself, like, seeing eyes where there shouldn't be, you know, made out of leaves and, and trees and flowers. And you'll be like, wait, was that a face? So, like, it's very interesting. It's very psychological, very trippy. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I can't like either of them because they're both just very, like, as you said, like, heady. Like, yeah. It's just a, knowing, I, full of itself a little bit. Yeah. See, I just, like, I, there's, like, a whole joke about how I hate philosophy. And it's, like, also not a joke because I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. Basically, if you know anything, fuck you. I don't sure. want to know anything. I don't want to think about anything. I'm here for a good time. I have exactly <laughs> three brain cells, and I don't plan on expanding. It's a closed club. And anything club. you do is harshing my mellow. Exactly. Anything and everything you do is harshing my mellow. Do I want to think about the meaning of death? Absolutely not. I don't want to think about that. It's scary. And it makes me feel bad. I don't like... I don't... I, it's just... I don't know. I don't want any of that. I don't want to think about like the implications of blah, blah, blah. Like, fuck you. I went to art school. I'm done. I did all of that. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't, oh my god! I didn't like it then, oh, and I, I don't like it. it now. I'm like, <laughs> that's so great. So yeah, thesis: if you know anything, fuck you. Fuck by, you. By Cannibal it. Siren. Yes, thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> thank that's you. That's seriously amazing. Um, I don't know. I just like. I think people. I think that we're. I think sometimes human beings get way too up in themselves. And it's just like, you know, you can just relax a little bit. You don't always have to make something great and what's the word? Like, you don't have to make a grand and deep statement that draws back to Greek myths right. while also doing Sometimes this. Sometimes you can also just tell this. a story. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you can just fuck a mermaid and have a good time and that's it. Yeah. Or alternatively, um, fuck a siren that, and die. It, honestly, honestly, that would sum up the, the problems I had with Lighthouse very simply. Like, I wanted an actual story of two guys living at a lighthouse going kind of crazy, but, but they come in crazy and they get crazier and Mm. it still doesn't make sense. Like, so you're missing the slow build from the, from the get go. You are questioning all of Robert Pattinson's actions because that is the narrative that you are following. You are following Mm. his perspective. So you are at his, his, beck and call as far as the narrative goes mm-hmm. so um we speaking of stories yeah we are here we we've we've divulged a little bit i'm glad i got to talk about it because there's no one else um who i think it would have been quite as relevant with because i, I saw it by myself and i i didn't mm-hmm. really think i was going to talk about it um, but I'm glad that I found a way to talk about it on the show because i I'll still say it's worth a watch. 
and I'll still say The Witch is worth a watch. Um, I'll I'll also say Hereditary and Midsummer are worth watches. I just don't like them very much. Um, I respect them. You can definitely acknowledge that something's good and worthwhile without liking it. Absolutely, and a lot of people have problems with that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people tell me that like Midsummer was one of the best movies they've ever seen, and the fact that I don't like like it is kind of weird because I love horror movies, and I'm like, no, not at all. Like the things I look for in horror and the things I look for in film are very different. Mm-hmm. And from a film standpoint, I could say Midsummer is one of the best crafted movies that ever came out. Yeah. Uh, the way I look at it as horror is by saying, eh. <laughs> Just like, eh. <laughs> like not, it's not very horrifying, and it's pretty predictable. And there have been three other movies I can think of off the top mm-hmm. of my head immediately that do the same plot better. Well, so, like I said, if you know anything... Fuck you. <laughs> we <don't laughs> mean. That's great. And that's the message we need to continually share. Um, <laughs> here on this episode with Cannibal Siren, this is episode 149, we are surprised doing a series. Um, we just finished one um, a couple episodes ago for uh, Halloween, Halloween's release. Um we finished Spire in the Woods, which was five parts, I believe. Um, Siren and I, since we're recording from different locations, we're not going to do something quite as long. But it's the first time we're ever doing a multi-episode arc. And um, it, we're going to do three episodes of uh, a particular story from No Sleep that came out a couple years ago that someone pushed my way and said was very good. Um, the only problem I had with it at originally was just that it's a little long. Mm-hmm. Um, but so now the, the previous sp- problem will become our strength. Yeah. So Hashtag we're just deep. Gonna, <laughs> we're just going to cut it up a little bit and, and hopefully be able to tell it over the course of multiple episodes. And usually I don't have those episodes so close to each other, but every other episode is going to be a part of this story. So you'll only have to wait two weeks to get the next part. Um, between two and three, um, which is different than what I've done in the past. So hopefully that, you know, carries the arc a little bit more, carries the story a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, not having people wait as long. Yeah, we'll cut it up like a delicious story sandwich and oh, serve could, it like a three-course yes. meal. Yes, you have <laughs> oh, no. one bite of the sandwich now. Get back in your hole. Get back in your basement hole and clean yourself for in two weeks you shall have another bite of the sandwich. (laughs) But stay in your hole. (laughs) Never come out. That was so Um, loud. Wow, I just wanted the bars on my sound thing go like, wow. Hilarious. The story we're reading is from Reddit No Sleep. It is called My Romantic Cabin Getaway with My Fiancé isn't exactly going as planned (laughs) and i always like how no sleep titles have like very little to do with what we're about to read but what (laughs) i can see from this title is this guy has a sense of humor he's Mm -hmm. being he's being sarcastic (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> he had expectations, and the expectations did not involve uh, monsters slash uh, exorcism slash spells. Uh, however, this is gonna go. Um, I I've perused this several times because there was someone else I was going to read it with at one point, but I wasn't sure. And I, I ended up tabling it and giving them a different story. So Mm -hmm. this one I've had for a good while. Um, we make it to the three year point. I figure it's about time that we can, uh, read it. Um, and naturally with the story, um, I want to cut it up into parts. So, like, I'm going to read the first part. uh, Cannibal Siren's going to read the second part. But, like, I'm going to voice the fiancé, and she's going to voice the... No, I'm going to voice, like, the the narrator, and she's going to voice the the haunted fiancé. So, (laughs) moving forward... (laughs) Yes, that is I. And um, moving forward, um, we're kind of going to tackle it that way. Okay. So let me introduce this story uh, again, just so everyone gets the title of what we're reading. Because I think the title is great. We didn't talk about the title too much. No, not yet. But the title title is almost... um, It's like my type of sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Like my type of like... Like, this guy has clearly been through a lot, but he still has his, like, edge where he's, like, he's not going to be like, oh, it was awful. He just says, my romantic cabin getaway with my fiancé isn't exactly going as planned. (laughs) There's just, you know, the water could be warmer. The weather could be more clear. No, it's like her head turned around on a 130-degree axis, and, you know, she... She looked at me and said, your mother and father are sucking cocks in hell. And, you know, she could have just, not done that. I just but, you wish, know, you know she, she'd wake up for breakfast. I know. I worked so hard on the pancakes and now they're cold and she's vomiting pea soup in the bedroom. It's and just I a don't mess. like pea soup. <laughs> no oh, one does. Shit. No, no one does. That's why they stopped making it after exorcist. Okay, All you right. know what? I'm actually lying, though. I love a good pea soup. I My really... mom makes an Ugh. excellent homemade one. Ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's full of ham, too. It's chunky. <laughs> All right. Now, that sounds... Now, now, you got me back at ham. <laughs> All right. So, let's start with part one here. Um, My fiance and I are from California, but her family lives in Colorado, 420 Blaze It. And they own a cabin near Pikes Peak, way up in the mountains. This is actually a story warning us about the dangers of marijuana. Of marijuana. It's like, (laughs) one time, me and my fiancé took edibles. Now she's never going to be the same. (laughs) Now she's possessed by the devil. (laughs) After visiting them, they recommended we stay at the cabin a few days. We are avid hikers and jumped at the opportunity. Literally, we jumped. (laughs) (laughs) Colorado is very rich in Native American folk legend. Oh, let's... The minute they let in with that shit on any creepypasta, the first thing I say is, Skinwalkers! Motherfucking skinwalkers! It's true, though. I always immediately think of the Wendigos, but I guess those are more, like, Canadian indigenous? No, no. Wendigos are absolutely Native American as well. Okay, good, good. But I I just tend to go skinwalkers because even that is, like... 
It's anywhere from, like, changelings to, like, Native American werewolves to, like, guardian Mm -hmm. entities. Like, all of those fall under the umbrella of Skinwalker. See, I just immediately think of flesh-eating, like, you know, monsters. I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) That's great. That's good. Maybe we'll get there. We're gonna get our Virtually every place... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Virtually every place you go used to belong to an indigenous community, and the few of them who remain keep the traditions and stories alive, much like the United States itself. Pike's Mm -hmm. Peak is no different. There are enough stories and gift shops to give the real specter is capitalism. (laughs) Fuck, it's the real (laughs) enemy. To give anybody the sense that the land itself is alive. I don't know if this has anything to do with what is happening. It obviously does, but maybe someone here is from Colorado and can help us connect the dots. Faye and I are currently at the cabin. It's day four, and we're planning on leaving today but things have gotten very strange around here, and it looks like we're going to be here a while longer. We have enough food for a winter, and the heater is in stellar order, but the Wi-Fi is terrible at best, and there's virtually no cell reception. We feel isolated. I will try to respond to comments, but the internet dips out for hours at a time up here. The first weird thing that happened was the snow. There was no snow in the forecast, so we packed light, but on the first night here, just our luck, a blizzard pounded the whole area. My little Corolla is basically a brick of ice outside, and there's no way I'm going to try to make the six-mile drive down the mountain to the town. I blame myself for trusting Colorado in spring. That is your fault. <laughs> Mother Nature has no mercy. Mm-hmm. I After used to have a, a Corolla. Di- <laughs> did you? I did, yes. Her name was Sheila. The hood didn't match the rest <laughs> of it. And I stapled up the interior, uh, like the ceiling. I had to staple it up with a literal office stapler. It was great. Oh, Love that car. So it had character. Oh, yeah. She's the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> After Overheated. <laughs> Overheated on, like, constantly? Oh, yeah. Like, literally every day. And, like, <laughs> if I was in traffic for longer than two minutes, it would just be like, well, time to explode. So wow. I'd have to turn it off. And yeah, you're it's a alive. shame. Yeah, I still lived. It's a shame. If he had my car, maybe he wouldn't have to worry about the snow. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. After a day, Thursday, of lovely hiking and sightseeing, some really unsettling stuff started happening. When we returned to the cabin just before dusk, we found an enormous dream catcher dangling from a tree about a dozen yards from the back door. This wasn't the kind you're imagining, the kind you buy from a novelty shop. This thing was made from twigs and twine, and it's about three feet in diameter. Absolutely humongous. Neither Faye nor I were stupid enough to touch it. We're veteran horror movie fans, and we know that's how you get cursed. If the snow melts a bit, (laughs) I'll get back. We know that that's how you turn into a vegan. A vegan, the the most horrifying monster of all. (laughs) I'll get back out there and snap a picture of it and post it here. It's like, it's like they touch it and all of a sudden they're like really into yoga and they're talking about like Buddhism and all this other shit. Oh yeah, they like convert a fucking school bus into a camper and they do like a fuck ton of shrooms and they're like wow i just am like one with the universe also monogamy isn't natural (laughs) (laughs) hashtag it hashtag it do it for the gram yes exactly except not because that's not authentic 
That night, while we were eating dinner, we heard a bunch of noises in the woods outside. Twigs crunching, leaves rustling, etc. This isn't unusual because we saw some elk and deer on our hike, but the sounds were slow and purposeful. They stopped and started and were rhythmic, like someone was casing the area in a crescent shape around the cabin. I used my really bright tactical flashlight to look outside from the porch, but there was nothing. We stayed in all day on Friday and just cuddled, hung out, played some of the board games we brought and some of the Super Nintendo games they had in the cabin. Donkey Kong Country 2 I have considered stealing because it's the greatest <laughs> game ever made. <laughs> it is a good one. I have many fond Prop- memories. Propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> it snowed again, and after dark, we were starting to hear more noises. Around 1am, Faye woke me up and told me she was hearing a voice outside. I strained to listen, and I thought I could make out the sound of a man crying very far away. But his voice was drowned out by the wind, so I wasn't absolutely certain of what I heard. We went back to sleep, but again around 4.45am, we heard him more distinctly and closer. He sounded like he was calling for help, but he would dip into another language that I've never heard before. We called the ranger station at the bottom of the hill, using my cell phone, and they told us they'd get up there and check it out. We never saw them, and I doubt they ever came. I was the ranger in the station. I was like, man, fuck that shit. (laughs) Just (laughs) shut off my walkie-talkie. Man, I could do that, or I could not. (laughs) Goes to sleep for two or twelve hours. (laughs) Me. On Saturday, shit. We should do that. We should be the rangers. (laughs) Oh, I would be the worst fucking park ranger, dude. Same. I'd be like, yo, no fireworks. And then I'd confiscate them. (laughs) And light them all on fire myself. (laughs) Oh, fuck. On Saturday, shit got really scary. It snowed again in the morning. And I stopped getting service for most of the day. Faye and I watched movies and tried to Skype with her family, but it didn't work. She went to sleep early around 8 while I did some photo editing on my laptop in the living room. She woke up crying hysterically. When I asked her what was wrong, she said she'd had a dream that she was lost in the woods outside and something was following her. I cuddled with her until she fell back asleep and eventually I drifted off too. Faye woke me up around 1am. She was absolutely beside herself. I've never seen her so afraid in my entire life, and just the look on her face really unsettled me. She told me that she heard the man outside again, but she recognized the voice. She was absolutely convinced that it was her grandfather's voice, and that he was wandering around outside, begging for help. Faye's grandpa died when we were seniors in college four years ago. I told her that she was dreaming, but then I heard the voice too. I never met the guy, so I wouldn't recognize his voice, but it did sound different from the night before. It sounded older. I had to do everything I could to keep her from running off into the woods looking for him. Eventually, she realized that the possibility of it being him was absurd, so we put on a movie at a good volume and fell back asleep. Starsky and Hutch. (laughs) Horror movie veterans my ass. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing like all the the stereotypical shit. My cell phone wouldn't connect a single call. What happened last night, Sunday, was the thing that had sent me over the edge. Essentially the same thing happened around 1am, at which point I was still awake, almost expecting the noise to happen. I heard a voice. This time, it was a woman's. 
Thankfully, it was distant enough that it didn't wake Faye. I walked into the bathroom and cracked the window open just a tiny bit. The frosty air that came in through the crack seemed like a death sentence to me as a Californian. Nobody could survive outside for long in that. Not without serious, military-grade winter gear. And yet someone was wandering the fuck around out there, stepping on twigs <laughs> and crying. God, how unreasonable. Me. <laughs> Why am I out here? My parka isn't doing anything. The neighborhood's going to shit. I'm so I sick of this. I hate Colorado. <laughs> I am a reasonable, skeptical, sometimes arrogant agnost, but I'm telling you, the voice sounded exactly like my mother's. My mom is alive, and well, and living in Southern California, so my brain instantly cramped at the sound of her voice out here in the Rocky Mountains. I would know my mother's voice anywhere, I think we all would, and I'm telling you, I'm about 90% sure it was hers, which is way, way too sure to not scare the shit out of me. I grabbed my light and went outside with a blanket wrapped around me and my hiking boots on. I circled the entire cabin and looked around there was snow pushed out of the way in a big meandering pattern that staked in and out of the tree line like someone was drunkenly shuffling around. Maybe they were injured. The path went right up to the bathroom window and then back into the woods. Each time the voice called out, I shouted, Mom? Or, Who's there? Or, Who are you? And each time, the voice receded further into the woods. I'm pretty certain it was trying to coax me deeper and deeper into the forest, away from the cabin. I'm still alive because I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to die like some dumbass in a bad horror movie. You went, I went back inside. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I went back inside and made sure we were locked down tight. Since I can't call the ranger station, I'm posting this instead. I'll keep you updated. Edit. It's Monday, and we got a hold of Faye's dad. The weather is supposed to clear up tomorrow, so he's going to come pick us up in his truck and help get my car down the mountain. I'll keep you all informed. Only one more night in this place. I'll try to get some photos up. 9.30 p.m. on Monday. I've been able to get online twice today. I wish I knew more about electronics, but I'm a history teacher. Sigh. So I don't think I can fix the Wi-Fi or predict when uh, it'll work. I can send and receive emails and some Reddit posts, but I can't load some websites or view photos. Faye hasn't been feeling well since noon. She developed a stomach ache and has been intermittently throwing up. We both ate the same thing, and I feel fine, so I'm not sure what it is. She sometimes gets like this when she gets worked up. Although I'm an agnost slash atheist, she is very Catholic and is pretty convinced that something supernatural is going on. No need for alarm at the moment. She does not have a fever, and I'm keeping her hydrated and in high spirits. She seems to be on the mend. Went to sleep about one and a half hours ago. Some noises to report, cackling, repetitive vocalizations in the forest, probably a hundred yards out. The tree line starts at about twenty yards out, and so the sound is coming from much deeper. Some movement spotted just behind the tree line at dusk, but could be elk or deer. Couldn't see very much. Keeping all the curtains closed, windows locked, furniture in front of the front door and back door, and I'm always checking on Faye every half hour. Her dad will be here in the late morning to pick us up, dig my car out. Another redditor near us pointed out that I am an idiot for not double-checking the weather. 
You are correct. Points for realism. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'll provide an update as the new post tomorrow, should anything significant happen. Take it from here. <clears throat> I'm sorry for the delay, everyone. We are collecting ourselves. Sorry for any formatting issues. I'm writing this on my phone. Faye's dad picked us up in his truck. He brought his buddy with him, who is now following us in my car. A lot of things happened last night. Some things I won't share because I'm not sure how to interpret them yet. I'm not even sure I understand what happened. But here are the most important things. I also managed to get some recordings, which I'll try to upload when we get home to California in a few days. I tried to stay awake last night until 1am because over the past few nights, that is approximate time the noises change from rustling, branches cracking to voices. I didn't make it. I fell asleep on the couch with my laptop open, waiting for the Wi-Fi to come back. I think this was about at 12.30 a.m. I woke up right around 1.15 to a muffled voice. In my sleepy days, I struggled to figure out where it was coming from. I thought it was just outside the living room window, so I sat there quietly trying to make the words out. It was a woman's voice and said things like, A few days. It's not mine. I'm not alone. Okay. I got up and peeked out the window and didn't see anyone, but then the voice said, it's my parents' house, and I knew the voice was Faye's. As I mentioned earlier, my fiancé has an undiagnosed sleep disorder and has extensive sleep talk and sometimes sleepwalks. Wait, 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 wait. He def wait. did not mention that earlier. He definitely did not mention that earlier. He definitely <laughs> That changes did. everything. She, had, she has had pronounced night terrors since she was a little kid. Well, I'll post fuck. a story on that someday. I, you know, this sucks because I'm really finding myself relating to this fiance, and I don't think that that's a good thing. I'm Are like, you Catholic? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I feel better. Nah, it's like, yeah, I mean, this that could be me. You know, night terrors, sleep talking. I don't know if I've ever sleepwalked, but all of that shit, that's 100% a thing. And it can be totally. very frightening. I've told that it can definitely sound possessed. <laughs> I walked into the bedroom to find Faye, sleeping on her tummy as usual. She didn't say anything else as I came in. Two things really disturbed me about the situation, though. The first is that she appeared to be having a conversation with someone, which is actually quite common for her, but the person she was conversing with was interrogating her, asking her questions about herself, me, the cabin, etc. Second, in her sleep, Faye was imitating another voice. It wasn't hers oh, that she was speaking with. She was altering the pitch and tone to sound like a different person. Nope. Uh, throw the whole fiance out. Just like <laughs> yeah, just toss her get outside. In, just get Sorry. a new one. Return to sender. <laughs> My modus operandi is to not wake her up. Please forgive the lad. When she has sleep disturbances, <laughs> there's a story behind this. Expect one someday. Keep saying that. She keeps saying that. And, and I, I don't care. I have, <laughs> I have a feeling we're not going to get it. Also, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Instead, I gently rub her back and hair, which calms her and puts her back to restful sleep. I did this for a few minutes, but then there was another noise off in the distance outside. I got up and walked to the window to listen, and I think this was the first time that I really felt scared enough that I felt like we were in real danger. It was a child singing in the dark. It's always a fucking child. Yeah, fucking right around the rosy. I couldn't or... really make out much of what she slash he was. Just say they was saying. <laughs> but they. I am. They were saying. I am certain that it was a child, probably age six to eight, trying to sing a song. 
The snow had abated for a while now, and the stars were notably bright, so I all I could see excuse me, so I could see all the way to the rim of the forest about twenty yards out. This shit is bananas. The haunting specter of Gwen Stefani haunts us all. Oh fuck No There was a figure standing there past the first trees, back facing me, looking up at either the moon or the tops of the trees. It stood so still that I convinced myself it was a tree stump or something, and in a few minutes it was no longer visible. My skeptical nature compels me to be reasonable and say my eyes were playing tricks on me. Sorry, my cat just scratched a box behind me and I literally thought my life was about to end. I need a second. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. My dog's been laying next to me, letting me pet his tum the entire time. My shitty cat wants to jam his fat ass body into a small ass box, so it made a rustling noise that I thought was the end of time, but I guess it's not. <laughs> when I turned around... Faye was sitting straight up in bed, eyes closed. She does this a lot in her sleep. I can't believe you didn't leave her sooner. Like, I haven't... I would have left her before this. This is creepy. She craned her neck and said something like, Don't let them in, or don't let him inside. She was still doing a weird voice. So I woke her up. Faye and I sat in the bedroom with the lights on, talking about what we should do. I tried to get online to send an email to her parents, but of course, it doesn't work when you need it. We agreed to stay in the same room and try to fall back asleep. At one point, I got up to get her some water. She hadn't vomited in several hours now and was feeling a lot better. And out the kitchen window, I saw flashes of pale light. They weren't like the flashes you'd see when someone walks through the woods with a flashlight. They were more like if someone had a lantern, they could slowly turn on and off. I flicked on the porch lights to the front and side of the house, hoping that it would discourage anyone from trying to approach. But as I walked back to the bedroom, I saw the distinct outline of a person through the window curtain in the living room. They were pressed against the glass with their hands on it, trying to peer inside. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Since it was dark in the living room and bright outside, I could clearly see their silhouette. I shouted and approached the window, but the person ran off before I pulled the curtains open. So lights in the darkness typically makes me think, like, aliens and shit? Aliens, exactly. That was the first thing I thought of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we just, uh, our last episode was about uh, aliens, so uh, it's still fresh in my mind. it went really well, I think. Not for, like, the people in the story, but, like, for us, it went really well. (laughs) (laughs) Faye slept soundly, but I continued to hear voices outside, different ones, on and off all night until dawn. I wrote several of them down. I couldn't sleep, so I camped out in the living room. I kept the bedroom door open so I could hear Faye if she started talking again. The voices would go away for hours and then start back up again. At one point, I fell asleep, but then I was woken by the sound of a light switch flicking on and off. From the couch, I could see light from outside going on and off in patterns of five. I wonder if that's significant somehow. I can't explain why this disturbed me so much, but it did, and I imagined some kind of horrible creature standing in my house somewhere, flipping the switch up and down and smiling. Nosferatu. (laughs) My old friend. (laughs) My first instinct was to check on Faye, and I nearly had a heart attack when I saw that she wasn't in bed. I tried calling her name and pacing around the house, looking out the windows to see if she was outside. When I looked out the kitchen window, there she was, sitting on the hood of my car about 30 feet out in the driveway. Her back was to me. Thank you for your contribution. What's your dog's name again? (laughs) 
You're so cute. I love you. Ted, Ted's angry. <laughs> I don't Ted, know why. Ted's not having this story. He's like, yo, burn That's okay. the fiance. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> He's right, though. Ted for president. <laughs> when I looked out the kitchen window, there she was, sitting on the hood of my car about 30 feet out into the driveway. Her back was to me, and she was staring off into the forest. She was absolutely rigid, just the way she sits up in bed when she's asleep. Faye sleepwalked all over the house back home in California. I found her in the kitchen in the downstairs hallway and the living room, but she's never gone outside. I shouted her name from the kitchen, but the second I did, Faye jumped off my car and dashed into the woods at a full sprint. She never looked back at me. I started flipping out and screaming her name over and over. I scrambled to grab my boots to go after her, but the second I pulled the front door open, Faye called out my name from behind. She was standing in the hall, looking confused, asking me what was wrong. Apparently, she'd been in the bathroom in my masculine crusade. (laughs) I'd forgotten to check there. (laughs) I looked out at my car and into the forest, and honestly, the first thought that came into my mind was, You clever motherfucker. (laughs) That's that. See, like, she asked what was wrong, and I'd just be like, Everything? Question mark? I, I honestly, like, if I was in his position, I would have grabbed her. Like, like, like we're, like, we're handcuffing ourselves together. We're also it's, handcuffing ourselves to the bed. No, that's, that's good. Anywhere. No, that's a good plan. That's not bad. I, I honestly didn't even know how I would even think about the situation. Because it's hard to, it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of, of what's going on with him. Because it's so, it's mind, it's, it is mind fucking him. Yeah, exactly. Needless, I definitely would have had a fucking meltdown, though, in either position. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Needless to say, we stayed up for the remaining few hours until dawn, intermittently writing down the voices we heard, which faded away and became less frequent with the passage of time. I'll try to get the recordings up in a few days. For now, here is that list of voices we heard. We recalled some of the voices from the previous nights from memory, but I just figured you'd like to know what was being said throughout the duration of this lovely cabin experience. I will return to Colorado, 420 blaze it, but <laughs> fuck Pike's Peak. <laughs> the question marks indicate that the words were very unclear. A man's voice vaguely familiar but couldn't put a face to it over the past several nights. Hello? Oh, God. Look at it. Look! Hello? Don't. Don't. They see in the dark. (laughs) It says whale dramatically. You did a very good dramatic whale. Thank you. Thanks. I'm lost. I'm lost. Watch you, watch you, watch you. Wole my, wole my. Growled hacking sound. (coughs) Reminded me of Gollum. It's very dark. I see those lights. I'll come down there. Don't smile. Don't smile. I see you. Could have been goat smile. (laughs) Goats don't smile, silly man. Unless it's Satan. (laughs) I think that last one was the worst one. Didn't like that. Didn't care for that at all. No, I don't like it either. I don't like any of this. This all makes no, me very I, I uncomfortable. Mean... <laughs> <clears throat> A woman's voice sounded age 20-ish last night. <sighs> Gasp in horror, surprise over and over. So I figured one would do it. No, that's terrible. Can you imagine that noise just like 
over and over again. Mm-hmm. No way. Lay it on the ground and burn it. Turn it? Question mark. La, 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 la. <laughs> Monotone, not melodic at all. Hold on, I gotta do that again. La, 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 la. She talks in her sleep. She's talking to me now. Threatening, malicious voice. A child sounded about six to eight years old. Indeterminate sex. (laughs) Where? Crying slash whining. Occasional Occasional. laughter. Ah ha ha. Do you want to do it? (laughs) I'll try. All right, hold on. Oh, Somiadu, why do I do eat, eat, eat? I am a vacant, naked Somiadu. Miadu. Singing. Not sure if this is actually English or if my mind is just forcing the sounds into English. That's interesting. When do we go inside? When do we go inside? Very unusual imitation. Sounded like a robot trying to mimic a child. Oh, I don't like Yo. that either. That's that's classic uh, Skinwalker shit. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like demon, like in demonology, like the theory. I think we've talked about this before, but like the theory that and like the reason why so many people uh, like see children yeah. during house hauntings is that allegedly, like the theory is that demons take on the form to appear less threatening. Right, which I totally buy. Yeah, exactly. It makes complete logical sense. It's also horrifying. <laughs> do I'm going to do the voice of the mother. Yeah, See voice if I can get of a- my mother a few nights ago. Stop! <laughs> Laughing, joking. She has a recognizable Bostonian accent. <laughs> Look at the windows! <laughs> Did you see it? <laughs> The voice of Faye's grandfather a few nights ago. Lots of indiscernible groaning and calls for help. Help! Mm. Something about the war. Ah, fucking war. Dave's body's <laughs> still in the ground there. They never found him, but they're there. Right here. Sorry. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, you just... Oh, fucking... You were like, something about the war. Ah, oh, fucking war. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the war. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I should mute my mic. Continue. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> ah, fucking fucking Vietnam. Right, right here. Right here. Ooh, they found it. They found it. Ah, I'm standing in the same place. 20 years. By the way, I forgot to check to see if that dream catcher was still out there back. You're welcome to drive out there and look for yourself, though. <laughs> no fucking. It's almost thing. like that's the ending of the story, but it's absolutely not. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dear like, listener. I'm not... There are two more episodes of this shit. Oh man, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm already stressed. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> Update. Oh, now we have a year. Uh, is April twenty first of two thousand and sixteen. We have begun hearing voices outside our home. Oh, God. Faye is really upset and feels that I might have exacerbated these strange circumstances by giving them widespread exposure online. I'm going to go dark for a few days and see if it helps. 
don't worry about us. We have a few close friends looking out for us. They know the entire story. Hey, everyone. I just want to make a quick update, as promised, because Faye and I are flying back to California shortly. Faye is back to normal, feeling great. I watched her eat a huge plate of chicken parmesan yesterday. The first thing I should mention is that Faye's father was very reluctant to talk about the cabin or the weird experiences we'd had there. Suspicious. He kept trying to write. Sorry. I once met an old woman up there. She transformed into the most beautiful man I've ever... I can't talk about it, sorry. <laughs> Dad? I, I once saw a siren up there. She was, eating, <laughs> she was swimming through the snow and eating deer. <laughs> he kept trying to change the subject and was generally in a very bad mood. Which is pretty normal for him. He's really grumbly Vietnam vet and has been in the army since he was young. His personality is exactly the way you'd imagine it. Faye asked him bluntly. If there's something wrong with that cabin, why would you let us go up there in the first place? And his response was, talk to your mother. <laughs> Typical dad. God. So that night we sat down with Faye's mom, Laura in her bedroom while her dad was watching the news downstairs. Her mom was so upset at the stories we told her, I mean she was visibly disturbed to the point of being in tears. She kept apologizing to Faye and hugging her. Laura told us that they'd purchased the cabin from their good friend Jennifer, I think. Teddy literally is throwing a toy at me. He wants me to play with him. Teddy's right. <laughs> Jennifer, I think, who moved to Nevada about 20 years ago, and that Jennifer and her husband had complained about all sorts of weird experiences while living there. Her husband, Tom, like myself, was fond of hiking and exploring the woods, and collected tons of arrowheads and other neat trinkets he'd found on his travels around Pikes Peaks. But Jennifer started having dreams about Tom being dragged off into the woods from their bedroom. You don't say... She had all kinds of horrific nightmares about him being skinned and pinned up in the trees like some kind of macabre artwork. Jennifer said that while Tom was at work, she would occasionally hear the voice of her daughter, who died in childhood of some kind of bone cancer, calling Mommy from the edge of the forest. Jennifer's doctors claimed it was the medication she was on and changed her meds. Tom got a new job in Vegas and they basically noped out of there. On a lighter note, Tom hanged himself in the garage two years after they moved. No note or anything. Wow. Anyway, and they, Laura... And they bought <laughs> the fucking cabin from the... I'm yeah, sorry. sounds great. Sounds like a good vacation <sighs> home. We'll go there every year. Sounds good. God. <laughs> anyway, Laura, Faye's mom, and Greg, Faye's dad, only used the cabin as a getaway in the summers. Laura never experienced anything beyond weird feelings while she was there, and she chalked that all up to the crazy stories Jennifer had told her. Greg, however, who suffers from PTSD, related nightmares occasionally, experienced exacerbated sleep disturbances in the cabin. Over the years, he'd become reluctant to go there and claimed that all the things he'd seen in Vietnam came back to him when he slept there. Allegedly, some of the people he saw get killed would come back to talk to him in his dreams at that cabin. The last time he stayed there, he woke up in a dream to find a few of them sitting in his bedroom with him, 
maimed, rotted. He privately maintained to Laura that he also heard their voices in the forests, crying, begging, screaming for their mothers. Oh, and guess what time he always heard them. Laura told us that she honestly did not believe there was anything really wrong with the cabin. Faye was extremely pissed and let her have it. They kind of ended our visit on a bad note. I would have too. Fuck yeah, Faye. I would have let him have it all right. Right? Fucking giving me a haunted ass cabin to stay in? I don't yeah, think thanks. so. Thanks. Thanks for the recommendation. I'm going to give you like a two star on Yelp. God, Laura. <laughs> Later that night, I was up reading and Faye was sleeping next to me. She always falls asleep before me. That girl could fall asleep on a pile of rocks. She started mumbling in her sleep, so I listened to her carefully. And here are the few things I heard her say. No, never, never, never. No, I wouldn't. On the mountain, I can't. Why his name? We don't know you. No, it's Felix. My name. About two hours later, she woke me up by nudging me in her sleep and saying, Tell the man in the hall to leave. This set me over the edge, so I got to go to the bathroom and get some water. I didn't find anything strange, had a very hard time falling asleep, though. This morning... We heard back from the guy who went up to the cabin to check it for gas leaks and carbon monoxide at the behest of a few scrupulous Redditors. The guy mentioned that radon is really big problem in some of these old places in the mountains. He's some kind of super badass handyman with all kinds of equipment, so we wrangled up one of the peak rangers and they went up to the place together. Apparently... There were tracks all around the house, a dozen pairs of them, like a large group of people had been wandering around looking in the windows. All the windows and doors were sealed the way we left them. When we got inside, some some stuff was moved around. The silverware drawer was emptied on the kitchen floor and turned upside down. The power was completely dead. The weirdest thing was that there was water all over the bed and on the floor, but our guy checked for leaks in the ceiling and in the bathroom pipes, nothing. Nothing had been stolen from the house, not even food. Some of the old clothes in the bedroom closet were strewn on the ground, but nothing stolen. Like, maybe someone was trying them on or smelling them. The ranger said that there were legends about the mountains, something about things that sort of act like people, but they come out of the old abandoned mines. Greg's friend couldn't remember the name the ranger gave them. It was in a native language. I asked Greg to ask the ranger about the sounds I heard, specifically the wachu wachu wole mai wole mai, and he said it's a widely recognizable chant, but he doesn't know what it means. Anyone have any idea? No radon, no carbon monoxide, and no gas. The place is all electric. He checked for mold, but said it was unlikely that there would be any all the way up there. He did say it's possible that there's some kind of electrical problem, and that this can sometimes cause people to get very (coughs) unsettled and maybe have hallucinations. He has some kind of Geiger counter or a gadget that detects issues like this, but it was broken when he tried to use it. I'm going to keep a close eye on Faye. She's still shaken up about all this. 
If there's anything left to report, I'll let you know. Faye and I flew back from Colorado on Wednesday afternoon. She slept the entire flight despite the noise, which amazed me. I can't sleep on planes because I'm absolutely terrified of flying. I'd rather stay another night in that cabin. You know? <laughs> I'll take planes. When we got home, I, I ordered a pizza and she wolfed it down. Her appetite has returned in full force, which is great news. I mentioned this in my original post, but Faye has an undiagnosed sleep disorder. She has pronounced night terrors, sleep talking, and occasional sleepwalking. The disorder lies dormant 90% of the time, but it tends to flare up when she's under a lot of stress. If we're moving, if she's changed jobs, or if a relative dies, I can expect a night of horrifying talking and odd behavior. Needless to say, our experiences at the cabin have set Faye on edge. Although she's in high spirits, she's still afraid at night. I am too. That night after pizza, she fell asleep on the couch while we watched Wedding Crashers. Fuck Around yeah. 10 p.m. Fuck yeah. The movie ended, <laughs> and I turned the TV off. As I brought our plates to the kitchen, I passed by the stairwell, and I heard a faint noise from upstairs that sounded like a man sighing. I shrugged it off and woke Faye up. We brushed our teeth and went to bed. Yeah, let's just ignore it. Let's just ignore any obvious problem or any sort of signal that someone may be in the house or even nearby. Exactly. That's fine. Yeah, that's exactly the right thing to do. Horror <laughs> movie veterans. <sighs> Fuck. Faye talked in her sleep a lot that night, and it started at about 1 a.m. I woke up to her calling out, What did you do? And do you need help? And laughing. This isn't really unusual for her. She babbled occasionally, said a few funny things, etc. And I woke up again around four and I've heard her talking, but this time she was doing something she's never done before. We've been together for almost five years and not once has she ever whispered in her sleep. But now she was whispering with her back turned to me. For a second, I thought someone was lying on the floor at her edge of the bed talking back to Fuck. her. This disturbed the shit out of me, so I sat up and leaned over her, trying to listen in the dark. The only thing I heard her say discernibly was, Shh. I asked her, Faye, what are you talking about? And she didn't respond. I said, Who are you talking to? And she replied, Don't. And nudged me. Another unusual thing happened. At about 5.45am, I woke up to Faye getting back into the bed. She hurried into the bedroom from the hall and got back into bed quickly, making zero attempt not to wake me. First of all, Faye does not get up, ever. She sleeps like a dead horse, and even if she went to the bathroom in the middle of the night, which she never does, the bathroom is not down the hall. It's in our bedroom. When I asked her what she was doing the next morning, she claimed to have no memory of it. Nah, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to kill your fiancé, because that's Honestly, not her like I said, just throw the whole fiancé <laughs> out. You should have just Bye. left her in the woods. I spent all day Thursday thinking about why Faye was still acting weird. I was the one who found the dream catcher and got close to it. I was the one who interacted with the voices at the cabin, and then I remembered something. On our last night in Colorado, at her parents' house, Faye got back into the bed around the same time, 5.45 a.m. I barely remembered because I was half asleep, but the image returned to my head. She'd been getting up really, really early for a few days. So last night, I set my phone's alarm to vibrate and put the time to 4.45. In the middle of the night, she started talking again. This time, she was doing the same thing she did at the cabin, changing her voice to sound like someone else. In five years, she sleep-talked a bunch, but has never whispered or changed her voice until recently. She said a few things which I tried to commit to memory. 
blah, 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 flat, monotone. So, sharp exhale, followed by Deon or Teal, question mark, over and over. He's still in the trees. Where were you? I looked for you, and... Oh, it's time. About the same time, I heard a noise outside, which sounded like an old man grumbling to himself about something. We live in NorCal in a really woodsy town, so when you look at our bedroom window, there are tons of trees across the street. It was very <sighs> dark. That's even but I'm worse. Fairly, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, there's still a haunted woods. It's just a different haunted woods. Different with extra woods, flavor. right? Yeah, easy to relocate the terror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm fairly certain I saw a man walking behind the first line of trees. He was too far away to be the one grumbling, but it is very unusual to see anyone over there this time of night. In fact, I've never seen anyone there at night, ever. Looking outside required me to open the curtains, which lit up our room with moonlight. When I looked back at the bed, Faye was lying there with her neck craned towards me, eyes crazy wide and fixed on me. Her mouth was open. She issued this really frightening, gurgly, drawn-out groan and flicked her tongue around. It looked like an epileptic fit in slow motion. Faye has definitely opened her eyes in sleep, but never like this. She looked like a fucking murderer. I got so scared, I called her name really loud and woke her up. She was confused and asked me why I was at the window. I lied and said I was just closing it because I was cold. I didn't want her to know I heard a voice. We talked a bit, but I'll skip that because this is getting long. My alarm woke me up at 4.45am and I laid there awake, waiting for Faye to get up like she has been the past few nights. She breathes very rhythmically when she's asleep so I can always tell how deep she's under. At around 5.20, she sat straight up, swung her legs out from under the bed, and tiptoed down the hall. I followed behind. When I say that my fiancé tiptoed, I don't mean like a child on Christmas Eve. This was a robotic alien inhuman. She moved like a methodicted ballerina zombie down the hall <laughs> and stopped at the stairwell. Her breathing never changed. I just stood there in our bedroom, poking my eye out into the dark hall. Faye looked down the stairs, still standing rigidly on the balls of her feet, swaying to and fro slightly. She did some weird shit. She touched her face slowly for a few minutes, touched the banister, touched the wall, flicked the light on and off a few times, all while maintaining her perfectly regular coma breathing. Then she reached out an arm in the motion of a bicep curl, stretching her fingers and wiggling them, then curling them her hand and her arm back to her face. I watched her do this motion for about four minutes. It looked like she was testing the limb, as if she'd never used it before. But then I realized she was actually communicating with someone on the first floor. She was making a come-hither motion. Fuck that. With full confidence that Faye was sleepwalking, I walked into the hall and leaned over the half wall that overlooks the living room. It was totally dark down there. I couldn't see anything but the clock on the cable box. Faye stood there waving, smiling, making gestures, then touching her face and pulling gently on her hair. I carefully ushered her back to bed and talked to her softly, not trying to actually wake her. She didn't resist, she never does, and went back to sleep without another word. I have zero clue what the fuck is going on. I told her this morning what she did, and now we have a doctor's appointment at 3pm today. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, we're going to the fucking doctor." I wouldn't go to the doctors. I'd go to a fucking shaman's. <laughs> go to everyone. Doctor, priest, I'd go to a shaman. gypsy. 
gypsy, what do they call them? Cunning woman? Everyone. We're all talking. Yeah. I'd start lining the house with salt. I'd start gathering silver and iron. You know, I'd be yep, doing silver. anything I could. Grab all the sage, the Palo Santo, every kind of cleansing thing you can get. Oh, okay. I took Faye to see her doctor yesterday, and we hesitantly explained what was going on with her. I left out the paranormal stuff because I didn't want to get her put in a ward. She seemed really concerned about Faye, ordered a blood test, gave her a physical, asked her about her diet and drugs, medications. Faye and I are both non-drinkers, non-drug users, and neither of us are on medication. She wants Faye to be evaluated by a psychiatrist next week. For now, she gave her a sedative at night and some anti-anxiety medication. She wants us to get some fresh air and to get out of the house. So we're going on a hike today, because that sounds great. That's how all this bullshit started, ma'am. Right? (laughs) I blame the The hiking. The moral of the story is that fresh air is demonic. (laughs) The moral of the story is being extroverted gets you killed. Exactly. Going outside, horrible idea. You will be possessed instantly. (laughs) A Redditor named Pixie Dicks. Of course. (laughs) Brought up the possibility that the child's voice outside the cabin asking, when do we go inside, might not refer to inside the cabin, but rather inside Faye. This really worries me because it corroborates some of the strange behavior she's been exhibiting in her sleep. I contacted the park ranger, who's pretty sympathetic to our situation, and he's going to get in touch with some of the members of his tribe who've experienced with spiritual guidance and medicine. He is convinced that Faye and I have attracted the attention of the ones who come out of the mines. Lucky us, more on that later. Some Redditors have recommended that I test Faye to see if it's really her. So yesterday evening, against my wallet's advice, I took her to our favorite steakhouse. I only ever order one meal there, medium tri-tip, house macaroni and cheese, and a bottled root beer. Faye only ever orders one meal there, too. The barbecue chicken sandwich with mac and cheese and a salad with ranch dressing and a Coke. She drinks Coke only. Her blood is mostly (laughs) Coca-Cola. I know a lot of people like that, actually. Same, actually. (laughs) Harold Heavyhands, for instance, his blood is Coca-Cola. I support him, and I'm happy for him. (laughs) (laughs) Faye took a long time deciding what to order and ended up ordering a New York strip. I jokingly told her to order for me, too, and she said, I don't know what you want. She also ordered water instead of coke. Usually we have arguments over how much coke she drinks and how I'm always trying to tell her to hydrate better and just drink water. This was really unsettling to me. At the end of the night, when we were walking back to my car, I kissed her temple and asked if she still liked it when I call her Noodle. She said, of course. I've never called her Noodle in my entire life. Her nickname has always been Monkey Toes. <laughs> Ew. God. Y'all should have broken up a long time ago. That's Yeah, nasty. this relationship is fucked. When we got home, she cracked open a Coke and got on Facebook, which is completely normal for her, and this threw me off. One thing that's been on my mind lately is the song the little kid was singing outside the cabin. For those of you who don't know, in the middle of the night at this cabin in Colorado, we heard a child's voice coming out of the forest singing an eerie song. I've been catching myself humming it almost every day. Ooh, so me do. I asked Faye if it meant anything to her, and I sang it to her while she was sitting on the couch. 
After a few repetitions, she sort of went blank like she was hypnotized and just wobbled back and forth ever so slightly for about eight seconds, then snapped out of it and said, I don't remember that. Oh, fuck. Last night is when the shit hit the fan. I haven't gotten a full night's rest in over a week now, and it's starting to make me feel over-emotional and crazy. Faye started murmuring in her sleep around one, as usual, but I couldn't understand much of it. She sat up in bed, took her sheets off her legs like she was going to get up, but I grabbed her arm and asked her what she was doing. She said, Tell them to leave. Her eyes were completely shut. I asked her who. Who needs to leave? She sat there again for two minutes, not speaking, just sitting straight up. I asked again, and she replied, There's a man at the door. Then about ten seconds later, And a woman at the bottom of the stairs. Of course, this made every single hair on my entire body bristle. I got up and went downstairs, turning on every single light as I went and carrying my buck knife with me. Nobody was in our house. I looked in every single room downstairs, and even in the backyard. When I got back to the stairwell, I heard someone stomping around upstairs. Someone had turned the light to the upstairs hallway off. I stood at the bottom of the stairs, looking up, trying to listen, but the noises stopped. So I walked back up into our bedroom and got back into bed, and it was likely that Faye had gotten up to go to the bathroom or sleepwalked a bit in the room and went back to bed. I fell asleep pretty fast, but woke up again only a few minutes later. Faye was gone. I heard movement down the hall, so I looked out into it and I saw Faye coming out of the other bedroom. She staggered down the hall toward me, then stopped, turned around, and walked back in the other direction. She did this seven or eight times. She was walking in almost the same way as the night before, standing really high up on her toes. Her legs totally rigid, like they were made of cement, and her arms completely limp and flopping back and forth. It was extremely fucking terrifying seeing her move like that. She was totally graceless. It was like someone was testing out a human body for the first time. (laughs) At that moment, I heard a noise through the bedroom window and ran over to check, thinking someone was really at the front door. You can see down to the front entryway from our bedroom window. Off in the distance, about 30 yards out, somebody was walking back and forth in the exact same way that Faye was. He was humming loudly and intermittently singing. The song sounded like the one I sang to Faye earlier, the one the child sang outside the cabin. I made this YouTube video explaining what happened. Basically, I ran back into the hall, woke Faye up, and brought her downstairs. I opened the front door to get a better look at the man, but he was gone. Today, at the behest of a few Redditors, I asked Faye if she'd ever been to the cabin before we visited it. I don't know why I never thought to ask her this before. She said nothing about it when we stayed there for several nights. She was hesitant to answer me and eventually admitted that she'd been there once when she was 14. She and her parents went snowshoeing up in the mountain. A few hours later, I emailed her mother and asked the same question. She told me Faye had gone to the cabin multiple times as a child, but stopped going when she got into high school. I can't figure out which one of them is lying to me. Because so many people have questions about Faye, she's agreed to film an interview. If you post questions for her, I will film her response and post them here within a few days. I haven't told Faye this, but I'm thinking of going back to the cabin and meeting with the ranger. He wants to do some ritual with the dreamcatcher we found, if it's still there. 
and he says he'll bring his friends and try to cleanse the house and the surrounding area. This will cost me, like, $500 just to fly out there, but if this shit gets any worse, it might be worth it. A Redditor sent me a private message telling me to investigate the guest room to see if Faye was doing anything in there. It turns out she was. She had written the number 5 on the window with her finger. I only saw it because of the condensation from the cold this afternoon. It's written backwards so that someone standing in our backyard can read it. So this is oh. all kind of telling me that um, he should probably, you know, move to a different state, go home, you know, yeah, just, just break please. up with just, his girlfriend, you know, maybe yeah, Faye, just, maybe the Faye is not worth the squeeze. No, the, it's, it's a lost cause. I love that. I love the name Faye and everything, but like, I don't know, man, it just seems like it's not worth it. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck She's probably like about. a really cute, like, m manic pixie dream girl. That's exactly what she does that, Faye like, walkie thing at night, she's probably like, you know, like a literal fucking demon. <laughs> so. Yeah, this definitely fucked me up. I was, I was like, yeah, I can handle it. And now I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> no, I feel the same way. Oh my God. I know my, my three cats. And literally one, the second you said someone reading in the back, like someone in our yard can read it. They decided to wrestle each other and like smash on the ground. So it's the second <laughs> time they've scared the shit out of me while reading this story. Yeah, man. Cats don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, no, they don't. None of mine give a fuck. All three of them are chunky little assholes. They only care about themselves. I cannot tell you how much all of your support has meant to us over the past few days. Faye feels so good knowing that people are constantly asking about her health. And I feel like a few of your suggestions have literally saved her life. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I don't even know where to begin. So much has happened in the last two and a half days. The sedatives and anti-anxiety meds the doctor gave to Faye work during the day and she's been less stressed. However, at night her behavior is still highly unusual. I've taken the overwhelming consensus of Redditors seriously. <laughs> That's dangerous. I went out. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that how, like, acts of terrorism happen? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> this is actually a story about a school shooting. <laughs> no, no. Wait, am I not allowed to make that joke? <laughs> okay, I won't make it. That, that was a, that's a joke. That's a joke right there. <laughs> Well, we we can we we'll cut that right. You know, <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> <can't>. not. <laughs> we wouldn't want to insult. We wouldn't want to upset anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this, that was perfect. Thanks. I'm great at joking about school shootings <laughs> and other equally distressing. No, and even serious even topic. we've had a couple episodes where we've just said some inflammatory shit about like school systems <laughs> and why they should be protected more and why they're not and and mm -hmm. it's just like it's hard not to even get into that when when the idea is present. Me cackling, <laughs> joking about school shooting. This is going great. Anyway, <laughs> I went out and purchased a bunch of childproofing materials for the house to prevent Faye from harming herself or going outside while sleepwalking. I could not afford a bunch of cameras. Sorry, I'm a teacher. <laughs> Speak speaking of school systems. Right. I bought that's actually the most realistic part of the story so far. Is that he's I broke? bought these <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
I bought these knob covers that little kids and hopefully sleepwalkers are too stupid to figure out, outlet covers in case she tries to jam anything into them, and I hid the kitchen knives. I also brought in a spiritual healer after carefully searching for one. It is my opinion that 99% of them are frauds and hucksters, but this lady did not charge us anything and she was recommended by close family. She is the daughter of a Shoshone tribal elder, of course. The long story short of it is, she believes our house is not haunted. However, she says that Faye feels very off. She said she couldn't get a good read on her at all and that there is a dark cloud over her. Still suspicious of this woman, I took her to a random upstairs window and told her I had seen something outside near the edge of the woods mimicking Faye's sleepwalking, which was true, but I pointed out the wrong window to the wrong part of the forest. She quietly examined the other windows upstairs and said that our bedroom window, the correct one, gave her a terrible feeling. Nice. She said, he watches from here. She can hear him whispering at night. Nope. I just, like, I swear to God, I'm just going to keep saying this, and I think that we're in agreement. Generally, we are, but in this case, just throw the whole fucking fiancé out. Just throw (laughs) her out. It's just, like, it's just not uh, worth it. I'm... (laughs) I've been describing the uh, the terror of this story to a friend of mine as a tightening of my butthole. And, yes. <laughs> and, yes. And it is that kind of like deep stomach dread that you you know you are vulnerable and you know you are in a vulnerable situation, but. There is so little you can do about it because it's someone you care about. Yeah, exactly. And, I, know. And, and I know. And I mean, and I know that you're saying just toss her out and believe you me, I would absolutely do such a thing. <laughs> but uh, in in the narrator's shoes, it's hard to even constitute which direction to go. It's true. And I mean, and he did say that they've been in a relationship for over five years. Like, that is not I've never even done that. So what the fuck is my, like, reception on the entire thing? <laughs> See, as, you know, I, I kid, I kid. But as somebody who has, I get it. Right. Uh, it's, like, it's easy for me because I'm not in his situation. I'm like, yo, fuck that <laughs> shit. But, like. But if it were your boy, it, you'd be like, uh. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck, oh, Fuck, why did you shit, get haunted? Fuck. I guess we're both possessed now. Ugh. You, <laughs> you, you always suck. do this. <laughs> you always do this. It's always about you. <laughs> Hilarious. We told her everything. She was horrified by our story. Also accurate. Yep. The look on her face unsettled me so much. It was like she'd never heard of anything this bad. She went out of the room and had to collect herself downstairs. The woman prayed for several minutes, sang a song in a beautiful language I can't even begin to describe, and saged our entire house. She put some kind of crushed herbs on the ground in front of the two doors that lead into our home. Then she told me in private, You are dealing with the hollow ones. Great. She said its name in her hollow what? <laughs> she said its name in her ancestral language, but I can't even come close to remembering slash smelling it. She said that one is infatuated with Faye and will do absolutely anything to get inside our house, but the process takes time. I don't know if I actually buy any of this, but at least she didn't sell it to me. We also had Faye take a pregnancy test as recommended by many Redditors. The woman said it was a good idea. Good news, not pregnant. Thank God. 
And the woman stood in the bathroom with her like a prison guard so she couldn't fuck with the test. We then thanked the woman and left. <laughs> and she left. That night, we attached a little jingle bell from Faye's Christmas-themed lingerie to a nice. hair scrunchie and put it around her ankle. I'm such a light sleeper, there's no way she'd be able to get out of bed without waking me. I'm a dirty little elf, Santa, and I won't make <laughs> one more present. Well, you better get back to work, because it's 365 days till next Christmas, and I'm starting with yo ass. <laughs> <laughs> that noise is pretty accurate. That's just like what's like twenty four seven. That's what the inside of my brain sounds like. It's just, a, just a, like, a hideous shriek. All the time, every day, all day. Uncomfortable. Long. I'm just, if, you, if you're ever wondering what I'm thinking, it's like a guttural scream. Okay. No, that it's they really felt- funny because I would I would like. I'm imagining you sitting like in class and just kind of putting your head on on your hand and and just kind of like, eh, you know, like leaning to the side, like not really listening to anything. But I zoom slowly into your face and all I hear is just a scream. (laughs) It's very (laughs) funny. I was about to say that's very accurate of my college experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were there. (laughs) (laughs) Faye fell asleep really fast due to the meds, out like a light in a few minutes. I sat in bed thinking about the five she wrote on the window in her sleep a few nights earlier, and reasoned that it meant 5 a.m. and not five days, as some Redditors had speculated. This makes sense because she's been getting up at that time to sleepwalk every night for four nights in a row. Since the five was written backwards, facing the backyard... I reasoned that it was a signal to whoever, whatever, was out there. She was going to try and let it inside. Don't. (laughs) I eventually fell asleep, and I had a fucking horrifying dream. Something came into the house through the sliding glass door to the yard and walked up the stairs and into our bedroom. It sat at the edge of our bed, rubbing Faye's foot and staring at us. It was completely wreathed in shadow. I couldn't see it at all except for a silhouette, just like the video I posted about what I saw a few nights earlier. I woke up soaked in sweat and couldn't fall back asleep for a while. 5 a.m. rolled around, and the reliable little jingle bell woke me up right up. In her sleep, Faye did something she's never done before. She stood up in bed, rigid as a board, and stared out the window. I couldn't really say stared because her eyes were closed, but she was alert, watching, listening. She remained there like a statue for at least five minutes. I also didn't move, I just watched. And then she slowly raised her hand and started waving at someone outside. My skin crawled when she did that. She definitely knew someone was there, even with her eyes shut. Faye then stepped off the bed and darted to the bedroom door, trying to get out into the hallway, but the childproof knob cover stopped her. She couldn't figure it out in her sleep. She did another thing she's never done while sleepwalking. She got extremely angry and started pulling on the cover. She shrieked and growled like a trapped animal. After about 30 seconds of this, she woke herself up. She started crying really hard and told me that in her nightmares she had seen a man without a face walking through the halls of our home, whispering her name and looking for her. I sat up and talked with her for about an hour, and then we went to sleep. When I woke up again, it was around 10 a.m., 424, or April 24th. Apparently, I don't know calendars or dates. No, you're fine. And Faye was gone. (laughs) The bedroom window was open. As I walked downstairs, I saw her in the backyard, reading. Every single window in the entire house was open, and it was like 55 degrees outside. 
She told me the smell of sage made her nauseous, and she wanted to get it out of the house. I couldn't smell anything. That's shady. When I woke up again, it was around 10 a.m., April 24th, and Faye was gone. Bedroom door was open. As I walked downstairs, I saw her in the backyard reading. Every single window in the entire house was open, and it was like 55 degrees outside. She told me that the smell of sage made her nauseous, and she wanted to get it out of the house. I couldn't smell anything. Now, the reason I say that that's dangerous is because we've noticed thus far that it's almost like whatever is going on with her, the possession that takes place mm-hmm. at night, has a subconscious effect on her uh, like during, during the day, the like, day. like when, when mm-hmm. he took her to dinner. Um, mm-hmm. So the whole expelling of the sage is a, is a bad sign. Exactly, and it's fucked up because it's like, you know, the the thing, whatever it is, it can't expel the sage, right? So it because, gets her you know, to do it. Sage is f- exactly, yeah. which is just like, <sighs> See, hate that. He is focusing <laughs> so much on, like, baby-proofing the house and child-proofing the house to stop her from doing anything. Part of me would almost go on the offensive. Like, what would I put mm-hmm. in the backyard to, to fuck with anything trying to get to the house, you know? Like... Mm-hmm. It, does this thing have a physical form? Would bear traps work? Barbed wire? Razor wire? Like, I don't know, fucking landmines? Like, let's be honest. <laughs> just, can you imagine? She steps outside and he wakes up to just an explosion and a fucking pile of meat outside. And then he turns <laughs> over to be like, honey, I did. And she's not there. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, that's a quick ending to a 150 page story. Really? I suggested that we go down to a church today to speak with the priest. She's Catholic, but she refused. So I had my buddy Kay, who is a very, very devout Catholic, come over with some holy water and his crucifix. Apparently, Kay told his priest what was going on, and the guy very reluctantly blessed the water and told us to call him. Faye was irritated that I'd done this without her permission and waited outside while Kay set up a few crosses and his big crucifix around the house. Faye refused to have any holy water put on her. She kept saying, I'm freezing, don't you dare. Yeah. She's going to be super pissed when she finds out I put that shit in her shampoo and conditioner bottle. <laughs> nah, no way. I, I guess he is going a little bit on the offensive. No, I like that. <laughs> she was in a really nasty mood all morning, but after we went out for lunch, she was feeling better and agreed to film the interview video and answer questions from Redditors. While filming, I noticed that she wasn't wearing her engagement ring and realized she hadn't been wearing it for several days. I asked her where it was, and she said it was in our luggage, which we've now only partially unpacked. Later, when I checked, it wasn't there. I'm worried about this for a few reasons. I'll post the video as soon as she watches and approves it. She's self-conscious. Expect it within a few days. I've finally begun moving some more of the photos from my cabin onto my laptop, yet I cannot bring myself to listen to those voice recordings yet. Since this is getting over long, flash forward to last night. I got up at about 1am to pee and I knocked the bell scrunchie off the bed. Faye had taken it off and was gone. I was angry and scared at the same time. I found her sitting on the stairs, looking down into the dark, spreading her arms open like she was trying to get a child to climb the staircase for the first time. She was smiling with her eyes closed. As I usually do, I gently got her up and walked her back to bed. When I lid down next to her, she leaned over, and with her eyes still closed, said, They're gonna kill you, and then licked my face. No way. I'd be like, no, the fuck, they're not. I'd like punch her, like, out of gut reaction, just be like, who's gonna kill? And then she'd, like, wake up and be like, ow. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, I think that 
I, I don't even know. I have no idea how I would react. I don't think I could even. I I'd can't set even set the theorize. house on fire. I was about to say, I'd set myself on fire. And be you like, can't no kill me if me. I'm already dead. <laughs> exactly. I called her parents today to arrange a flight back to Colorado. They're paying for it. They had fucking better. Her mom, <laughs> Laura, admitted to me that something had happened to Faye as a child at the cabin. Oh, whoop That is where her sleep do. disturbances. Fucking surprise, surprise. That is where her sleep disturbances started when she was five. I've had enough, and they can tell. They spoke with the ranger at Pike's Peak again, and he's arranging for me to meet with him and his buddies from their tribe, who knows the entire history of the area and all the hauntings that the other visitors have reported. Faye will be staying with my two best friends, R and J, and Jay's fiance, A. I have known all three of them since high school, and they are completely informed about all these events. They will guard her with their lives. In short, I'm going back to the cabin alone. I'll update soon, but no matter what happens, I'm not going to drag this out any further on no sleep. I've polluted this place enough with my problems. <laughs> on page 34 out of 150. <laughs> Edit. Folks, I won't be at this cabin alone. I'm meeting the ranger and his friends there. His two friends are from his tribe nation. Sorry, I don't know the correct terminology. And they are healers. They know all about Pike Peak and the ongoing situation. I'm not going out easy. Update. Dropped Faye off at my friend's place. They will take care of her. Heading to the airport now. No idea when I'll get back on. We'll try to update tonight if I'm not too tired after landing. Update. 426 Midnight, Colorado. I'm at Faye's parents, exhausted. Talked to their parents extensively. Got word from my friends. Faye started feeling really ill. Wanted to go home. They've moved the whole posse over to our house, which has been sage, blessed, protected, covered in holy water and crucifixes. And she's allegedly doing much better now. Richard and Jason and Jason's fiance Allison are all sleeping over for a few nights to ensure Faye is all right. Heading to the cabin tomorrow morning to meet the ranger. Update 426, 9.45 a.m., Colorado. Leaving in one hour to go to the cabin. Sorry for typo. I said it was the 27th by accident. Update 426, 5.15 p.m. Spotty bullshit Wi-Fi snowing like crazy up here. Met with the ranger, investigated the cabin. Nothing unusual inside except a lamp she had removed from a lamp, which she claims was not like that when A came in here a few days ago. His friends will be here tomorrow morning. I'm alone for tonight. I went outside for just a minute when it still had light enough to grab some things from my truck and heard two voices. Making short videos with my phone. We'll try to upload. Update. 4.27, 9.12pm. So much has gone down. I'm so terrified and sleep deprived. I'm writing a huge post right now with everything that's happened. I'll post it tomorrow morning because I know I can't finish it tonight. I'm going to fall asleep in my chair. Sorry to keep you all waiting. <laughs> well, that has certainly <laughs> taken a turn. This is like... It's, it's almost like I... I'm wondering where the rest of this is going. <laughs> Exactly, because it's already spiraling so far out of control. I'm just like, how, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I imagine there are revelations to behold, but I also want to know, like, how the action is going to be maintained for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. All right, let me jump into part seven. It has been an interesting few days. I have so much to say, so I'm going to try to be terse. Sorry that it's taken so long to report. I really am trying. All of your questions and analysis of these events have really helped us through this struggle. Some of your observations are what brought me back here to Colorado. I landed in Denver International Airport two nights ago and stayed with Faye's parents in Arvada. 
while there, we all sat down and basically forced them to tell me what's going on. A Redditor pointed out that Laura, Faye's mom, appeared to be lying or hiding something. Another Redditor asked me if Faye had ever been to the cabin before, since her family owned it for almost three decades. I had never even thought of this. When I asked Faye, she said no, and that her parents just used it as a getaway a few times a year. Faye's mom told me that she'd been there multiple times when she was little. This time, Faye's parents told me a different story. They claimed this was the truth. Faye had been to the cabin as a toddler a few times, and when she was five, something happened to her. While Greg, Faye's dad, and Faye were outside playing in the snow, Faye wandered off towards the edge of the forest to look in. She was following a voice. Greg was building a snowman and keeping his eye on her. They were only a few dozen yards apart. Allegedly, Greg heard Faye talking, answering questions, but he couldn't hear anyone else talking. He started walking towards her to bring her back, and he heard her say, No, Faye, no, it's Faye. I can't see you. A moment later, little Faye began shrieking and crying. She went stiff as a board, and Greg had to pick her up and haul her back inside. She was almost catatonic, and would go through bouts of total silence or inconsolable hysterics for almost several hours, until Greg and Laura decided to go back down the mountain and take her to a hospital. Greg claims he never saw anyone in the woods, and never heard any voices speaking to Faye. The doctors thought she had an epileptic seizure, and to this day, Faye does not remember ever going to the cabin. When I took her, she acted like she'd never seen it before. I believe that if Faye did remember being traumatized as a child, she'd never want to go back, so I really think she's blocked the whole experience, and when we visited it a week ago, she thought it was her first time going. In Laura and Greg's subsequent visits to the cabin without Faye, Greg experienced terrible nightmares in which dead people entered the bedroom and sat on the ground in the bed, watching him sleep. In the morning, Greg let me borrow his truck but refused to go up to the cabin with me. He told me when I left, we let you kids go up there because we honestly wanted to believe there was nothing actually wrong with the place. Yeah, fuck you they guys. used to, <laughs> right? Yeah, let's. let's they used <laughs> fucking uh, little test rabbits, test dummies. Now their daughters come back even more fucked up. <laughs> they used us to validate their denial. But I don't hold them responsible. I'd never have believed any of this if I were them. Dreams and a frightened child do not a haunting make. I arrived in Penn's Peak about 1 p.m. yesterday, and the ranger met me at the cabin. We investigated the place and didn't find anything unusual, except that a single lampshade had been removed from one of the lamps and placed on the couch. We checked out the nearby woods. I was kind of surprised to discover that the creepy, enormous dreamcatcher was still there. The ranger told me that he did not recognize it, and it was not something that his people made. He told me not to mess with it until his friends showed up. He told me he'd return with them in the morning, and left. That night, some shit happened. Greg told me that he'd hidden a 357 Magnum in the closet, so I retrieved it, and a really dope-ass purple bathrobe, and felt a little better. Don't worry, I know how to shoot, and keep it safe. Right around sunset, I walked out to Greg's truck to grab a few things I'd neglected to bring in earlier, and I heard two distinct voices chattering in the woods. It was snowing like crazy and the wind was howling, but above the storm I heard a gruff, masculine voice and a younger, adolescent male voice. They were both yammering, incomprehensible gibberish from two different places. 
I hurried back inside and locked the door. The stuff they were saying was pure madness. It made no sense. Put them up, up there in the trees, and ah, take and take, walk on down there, go ahead. I just sat there imagining psychotic cannibals jabbering with their tongues hanging out of their eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make sense. I just sat there imagining psychotic cannibals jabbering with their tongues hanging out and eyes rolled back in their skulls. I figured they'd come out of the woods as soon as it was dark. I tried to reach out to Faye back home, but my phone wouldn't get any reception in the cabin. The storm was too strong. I tried to play video games on the SNES, but I was so distracted by all the sounds outside. Every single noise the blizzard produced caught my ear, and so my imagination manifested all kinds of horrifying creatures slinking around out there in the dark. When I finally went to bed, the wind died down a bit, and I heard a few more voices. There were a distant, high-pitched wail that echoed across the entire mountain. There was a child crying, saying something like, Put me down in the hole, and it's so deep you can crawl forever. But his voice sort of glitched. It would suddenly become deeper, as though a grown man were doing an impression of a little kid, <laughs> like I just did. I also heard someone hacking and vomiting and crying, begging for help. I didn't fall for any of it. I'm 28 years old, and this is the most afraid I've ever been in my entire life. Even with Faye walking around like a fleshy marionette and calling out to a presence in the dark of my own home. Around that time, I was getting into bed approximately 12.45am, there was a gentle tapping sound on the window in the living room. It was soft, like a neighbor who was reluctant to bother me. I stood there in the bedroom with the door open, holding my breath, trying to figure out if I'd imagined it. Then I heard it again. So I crept down the short hall and peeked around the corner, just in time to see a figure walking past the windows and towards the front door. With the curtains drawn, I couldn't make out anything but a big shadow. Then it knocked on the door. It was a gentle knock. A man's voice called out softly, Hello? I just listened intently and tried to keep silent. Eventually, he knocked again and said, Hello? I... I need to speak with you. He was speaking through clenched teeth. He was either extremely cold or extremely angry. I very carefully stepped back into the bedroom to grab the gun, but the goddamn place is so old the doors creak. I barely tapped the bedroom door as I passed and it squealed like a dying pig. Then the man outside said, just above a whisper, I know you're there. For just a moment, in my lethargy, I considered the possibility that this was one of the ranger's friends, or maybe someone else, who lived on the mountain. I was never going to open the door, but I stupidly, uh, but stupidly, I figured talking to it couldn't hurt. I say it, because I immediately stopped believing there was a human being on the other side of the door the moment I opened my mouth. I said, who the fuck is it, fuck yeah. as assertively as I could. The second I stopped talking, whoever it was out there repeated my question while mimicking my voice accurately. It almost sounded like an echo. Then he said, May I come in, please? His voice was a little shaky, but it definitely sounded like me. Unnervingly similar to me. But he was still clenching his teeth so I could hear the difference. I pointed the gun at the door. It was dark in the house, so he couldn't see what I was doing through the curtain, and said, 
If you don't get the fuck out of here right now, I'll blow you in half. For those of you who don't know what a 357 can do to a person, a slug to the chest essentially makes you a human milkshake. And that's after passing through two inches of an oak door. We both just stood there for a dreadfully long minute. It started testing out my voice, groaning and whispering and muttering. It said a lot of things, but I only remember a few of them. What's your name? What's your name? A little cabin for the weekend, for the weekend, for the f and then a bunch of lip smacking and chewing noises, fucking ASMR <laughs> shit. The true horror is ASMR videos. I, I fucking hate it. My friend just comes over and puts it on the TV and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? They're lying. They're lying. The ones out there, la 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 la. Not singing, but just flailing his tongue around and making noises like a child would. You aren't alone in there, and I'm not alone out here. What's your name? And you go up in the trees or down in the hole, that's where you go. Oh, they'll find you. Either way. The sound of my own voice making these horrific noises and phrases set every inch of my skin on fire. I can hardly describe the physical sensation of fright this intense. It was almost like having a bad fever, hot and cold and wet and sticky all at the same time. I shouted for it to leave and said I was armed. I considered firing off around, but that's a decision you can't take back, and my number one rule is to only fire when I'm certain I've got a target and a clear reason. I'm proud to say that I can use my voice a lot better than whatever it was that mimicked me. I'm a soft-spoken guy, but I came down like a fucking hurricane, screaming, I will fucking kill you! He replied simply, in a softer tone of my own voice, I will fucking kill you. Then it went back to babbling, gibberish, and knocking politely on the door over and over and over. After another minute or two, it suddenly stopped. The last thing it said was, I know where she is. Then it kicked the door, and I mean harder than any human could possibly kick a door, and ran off. The boom was so loud I couldn't believe the door didn't implode in its frame. The person or thing bounded down the wooden patio and off into the snow, and I swear on my life and honor it sounded like a horse or some other huge four-legged animal charging off into the woods. A child's laughter rang out, and then everything was silent. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's gonna be a no. Well for me. shit. <clears throat> Oh. Yeah, I don't like that. No, I, I don't like any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, I remained in a cat-like state of delirious paranoia for the rest of the night. The storm picked back up and I did not hear anything else. I spent the whole night debating whether the thing at the door was talking about Faye. I tried to convince myself that it was just yammering more nonsense like all the voices I've heard up here. But the way it spoke, that sentence haunts me even now as I write this. Its voice, my voice, was purposeful and restrained. It chose the words carefully, and it knew exactly what to say. I've been thinking a lot about what Redditors have been saying about Faye being some kind of doppelganger. When I first saw the nude woman on my car, I thought it was a trick to lure me into the woods where the voices lie. I thought the real Faye stopped me from leaving the cabin, but many of you have pointed out that the reverse could be entirely possible, given how the Faye I took home to California is behaving, given how she failed all of my tests, and given how her engagement ring has been missing since we got home. 
So I sat there for hours, considering whether I should go out into the woods during broad daylight to search for my fiancé. Of course it is a stupid idea, but now I understand why people in horror movies do idiotic things. If I'm not looking for her, or for answers, why am I here? I need to know what I saw that day in the driveway. I need to know if there are many voices or just one, and I need to know how to get a hold of this back to normal. I listen to music. <laughs> what? I said, "Good luck, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has a he has a point. I I mean, where where do you go from here? Like, it's hard to return to normal it's life true. if nothing else is normal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I listen to music on my iPod, Kelly Clarkson, and desperately tried to distract myself by reading news articles online until daybreak. Most of them would. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them wouldn't load, because the gods of the internet have cursed this cabin. I don't think it's just the gods of the internet, <laughs> Now bro. I'm stuck here with just Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Out of the darkness! Since you've been gone! Since you've been gone! <laughs> Around 4am, I got up to get some food from the kitchen, and I opened the window curtain a tiny bit to see if anything was going on outside. A ton of snow had fallen. At the rim of the forest, dozens of yards out, I could see a distant figure standing perfectly still in the moonlight. He was facing away, staring off into the darkness of the woods. I checked on him every 20 minutes since then, and he never moved. When the sun rose around 6.15am, he was gone. I never saw his face. Today, the ranger and his two buddies came to the cabin as promised. They were instantly likable and warm, one of them T-Way is a medicine man in his 50s, and was especially cool. The other was his son Nathan, who was probably just a few years older than me. They told me all kinds of interesting lore about Pikes Peak and surrounding areas, and then proceeded to tell me a disturbing story that they believe explains the strange activity on the mountain. For the sake of brevity, I'll relay this in my next post. The ranger gave me one of his facility's satellite phones to stay in contact with him in case of emergencies. I used it to call Faye, but she didn't answer, so I called Jason and Richard, who are presently caring for her. Apparently, Faye had become inexplicably outraged after taking a shower, (laughs) threw an enormous tantrum, and locked herself in our bedroom. That's just me, like, on the (laughs) The holy water. That's just, like, me, though. Like, I just, I'm just like that. Fuck! I fucking hate this (laughs) conductor. You're right, though, it's the holy water. She refused to eat for the rest of the night. Allison and Jason slept in the guest room, and Richard slept on our couch downstairs and worked late on his commissions. He's a digital artist. He told me that around 1am, the same time I had my visitor, Faye ran downstairs into the kitchen, eyes closed, and started drinking out of the sink faucet. Then she turned around and stared, eyes still shut at Richard while he sat at the breakfast table. She said, Felix, to which he replied, He's in Colorado, Faye, remember? And then she said, you could say this one. We sent him there to die. (laughs) Then she sat down right there on the kitchen tiles and went back to sleep. Oh. I've instructed my friends only to wake Faye if she does anything serious, so they observed my rules and got her back into bed without much of an issue. For all the crazy shit Faye does when she's asleep, at least she never gets violent. The guys put her back into bed easily enough. The next day, Allison bailed on the whole project. She said she was awake all night, listening to Faye whispering through the wall. Faye told Allison about how there was a man in the house, 
that he was asking about her. Yo, I would have bailed too, Allison. Allison is the only <laughs> smart person in this whole fucking Bye. thing. <laughs> yeah, that I would have ollied out so fast. <laughs> My flight home is the day after tomorrow, so I'm going to have a figure all this shit out real quick. I'm going to take a nap. It's nice and bright outside. No voices. Good night. P.S. As soon as I get home, I'll put up the Faye video. I know I keep saying it, but I really did not expect to suddenly return to Colorado. I swear I'll put it up, and then that'll be the end of it. I resent myself for turning this into such a long and ridiculous blog of my experiences. Alright, this is uh, this is the last part, and this is all you. My first night back at the cabin was the most terrifying experience of my life. You can read about it here if you haven't. The next morning, Wednesday, the ranger showed up with his friends, Tue, a Pueblo medicine man, and his adult son, Nathan. These people are amazing. They were instantly likable and sympathetic to my situation. I mentioned them in a tiny update on my last post, but here is what happened. Lores and legends. Tue is an incredible storyteller. He told me that Pikes Peak and the surrounding area was inhabited by Ute, Manito, Arapeo, Pueblo, Anasazi, and other Native American groups at various times. In the 1860s, when the gold rush was in full swing, many Indians were violently displaced because of mining operations there. They were torn away from their sacred lands, which was catastrophic to their cultures. Tue stressed that historically, Americans have not understood the significance of land and names to Native Americans, and this is critical to understanding the supernatural presence on the mountain. The major world religions like Christianity and Hinduism and Islam are universal. They can be practiced anywhere. You can pick up your whole life and move to Kentucky or Scotland or Istanbul and you'll still be whatever your religion are, is. Your God still hears your prayers. He still intervenes in your life. But Native Americans practice land-based religions. The land they inhabit is part of their creation stories. It's not that the land belongs to them, it's that they belong to the land and both are in a symbiotic relationship with one another. History is embedded in the landscape. A person is reminded of a specific lesson and wisdom when they see part of the land. The mouth of this river has a story attached to it. That fallen tree has a story attached to it. A battle was won here. A chief died there. Peace was made between tribes with a feast here. When a native group is forced out of its homeland, the people lose their history. What's worse, they leave behind the places where their dead are buried. Since the dead are bound to that place, the Indians who left no longer have spiritual connections to their ancestors and thus to their gods. Their medicines and magic no longer work. They forget the names of sacred places. As the names and history and wisdom are forgotten, the tribe's spiritual power evaporates. Tue said that when Pike's Peak was taken, a group of disgruntled Ute uh, descended on the miners and slaughtered a bunch of them there. Because a complex network of alliances and peace treaties, these Utes were punished by another tribe. They dug holes in the ground and slit their throats. When they, they then buried them upside down in the holes with their legs sticking out of the ground so the wolves would feast on their calves. Fuck. Damn. Brutal. That was supposed to be the end of it, but then something else happened. Legend says that those dead Utes rose from the tainted ground one night. Because their flesh had been flayed from the hips down, they looked like walking skeletons. They hobbled back into the Arapo camps and took women and children back to the mountain. They forced them deep into one of the mines, never to leave again. The howls of women and children have been reported on the mountain for over a hundred years now. 
The Utes and Arapeo Garrett engaged in blood feuds, sometimes called mourning wars, for years over this. They exchanged curses, executed and skinned and tortured each other. They stained the once sacred earth on Pike's Peak with rivers of blood. I was pretty mortified by this story. I just kind of sat there with the ranger while Tiwe and Nathan blessed the cabin. They burned sage and tobacco inside and outside and crushed her and used crushed herb dust to cover their hands. They made a handprint on every window and drew small symbols and ash at the top of the front door inside and outside. They gave me bundled sage, cedar, hawthorn, and told me to burn it if anyone tried to get inside. It drives bad spirits insane. They then provided me with small pouches filled with herbs and blessed objects to wear around my neck and in my pockets whenever I went outside. Nathan gave me a totem that he wears around his neck and told me to give it to Faye. They then sang a really incredible chant in their language. It lasted about 15 minutes. I was blown away. I fucking love these guys. Yeah, I was going to be like um, <clears throat> some type of uh, Paula Dean. I'd be like, oh, so... Can you give me the recipe for that sage cedar hawthorn and I'll just cook that up and hold on to that in my fridge for a good 48 hours and I'll let that marinate and I'll hold on to that in case any of these bad spirits come around because I don't, you know what, I don't want any of them fucking with my life or my shit. I don't rightly care for them. Because <laughs> I believe in two things, family and butter. And only those two things. (laughs) (laughs) Then we went outside. I showed them the Dreamcatcher, and they told me they had never seen anything like it. The Dreamcatcher is made of three branches woven together with hair, and it has an old yarn or wool string with glass beads crisscrossing in the center pattern. It is old and handmade. Tiwe told me not to touch it or move it. If you find an object of power and do not know who made it or what it protects, you should leave it alone. An excellent, excellent (laughs) philosophy. Yes. (laughs) I asked him if it could be evil, and he said, maybe. Reassuring. I got them to speed up to speed on everything that has happened. I said that a lot of my friends, Redditors, but I didn't explain that, suspected that Faye at my house at California was a duplicate and that the real Faye was somewhere in the woods. Tiwe and Nathan disagreed with each other on whether that could be, but we searched the woods looking for signs of my fae. We found nothing. I told them about the missing ring, and they said exactly what many Redditors have said. If fae loved the ring and it was powerfully symbolic to her, it could be used by a bad spirit to hurt her. They told me to find it at all costs. They also told me if fae indeed were still here on the mountain, she was certainly dead. No, that's not good. And the moment we've all been waiting for. Tuwe named the creature that was tormenting us. Please forgive my pronunciation, listeners. No, he that's said, okay. This is tough. He said his people called it Atan Ananotukwa, the imposter. Bad that was spirits. Good. Thank you. I did my fucking best. It was like yeah, <laughs> very. It's hard. It's hard. It's like you, you have to look at the uh, the apostrophes as like breaths almost like atan yeah yeah that's tough extremely extremely wide of me i do wonder how much of this is accurate too and how much of it is fiction i'm curious now it's it's it it is convincing enough for me so Mm -hmm. i I like it a lot i always like when people do their research Mm because the the thing about the the lands and the indians being uh, you know, very spiritually connected to the lands that they live in. That's completely accurate. Mm. 
bad spirits inhabit the land everywhere, and sometimes they get the opportunity to use a tragedy like the Pike's Peak Massacres to commandeer a human figure and walk the earth partly mortal. In the case of the imposter, they collect an animal and human parts piece mental wherever they can and stitch them together. That's why they walk strangely, vocalize strangely, and why they never show their faces or come out during the day. They cannot pass for humans. I asked Tue why I always see someone facing away from me at the edge of the forest, and he said it is because it does not want me to know its identity. But eventually, the imposter will come for me, wearing Faye's skin and teeth and hair, and try to convince me that it was her. I asked him what it wanted, and he said nobody knows. He also told me that there is power in names, and many Redditors have stated and that I should not speak its name, especially not to it, because that could provoke it. Of the voices I was hearing in the forest every night, Tue said they practice what they hear for decades. It makes it easier for them to hunt. <laughs> the freaky shit. That wasn't, that wasn't freaky shit. That wasn't, no, that was not. There's more. Oh, <laughs> wait, God. but wait, there's more. <laughs> no. The freaky shit. Tawei, Nathan, and the ranger left at sunset, and I spent the rest of the evening thinking about all of this. And I think I figured out a lot of things. Around 9 p.m., something disturbing happened. I used the satellite phone the ranger gave me to call Faye. She actually answered and was just lying in bed reading. We had a great conversation. I told her that I missed her so much and that I was up here trying to solve what was happening. I told her I wanted to have a family with her. She said that she was feeling better and had actually gone through a whole night without sleepwalking or terrifying Jason and Richard, my buddies who were looking after her while I'm here. After about 15 minutes of talking, I started hearing sounds outside. I heard footsteps crunching in the dry snow and I heard a voice, my voice. It said things like, Flight. Insomnia. Miss you. See you soon. The thing had been standing near the window, mimicking my conversation with Faye. I told Faye I'd call her back later, hung up the phone, and then went silent. The thing walked around the cabin slowly, trying to figure out if I had moved, and kept mumbling and repeating a few phrases as it went. Finally, it came and knocked on the door. The knock was gentle, just like last night. I was a little bit less scared because of all the blessings Tue had put on the cabin, but I still held on to the gun just in case any shit went down. He spoke to me in my own voice, and the first thing he said was, The hole will fill with snow and blood. So yeah, that amped up my fear quite a bit. Every hair on the back of my neck bristled. You know that feeling of being so scared that your vision turns hyper-real? Everything looks like a realistic video game, so it just looks slightly off. Then it knocked again and said, Hello, may I come in? I simply said, No, leave. Then it knocked for another 30 seconds or so and said, What is your name? Hello? I lied and said, My name is Daniel. Now leave. You can't come in. The thing started knocking harder, a lot harder, nonstop, and said, What is your name? What is your name? It was terrifying to hear my own voice coming from the other side of the door and to hear rage building in that voice. I said again, My name is Daniel! <laughs> but the thing just kept yammering and asking the same question. It would occasionally say things like, Ticket, ticket, rental car, you go up in the trees, the hole, the hole, down in the hole. What is your name? May I know your name? And then I had an idea. I'm really good with fake accents, and when I was a child, my first language was German. Dad immigrated to Boston and met my mom. 
I started speaking in a thick accent, talking about my day, and then I started shouting in German. I recited a poem. Scheiß, Scheiß, nice. <laughs> I recited nein, a poem. Nein, nein. <laughs> I recited a poem I know by Hermann Hesse, Die Frauen von Ravenna Tragen. <laughs> my visitor went silent and stopped knocking. <laughs> he was not here for it the He doesn't German. like accents. I could tell it was just listening. So then I started shouting in a British accent, reciting lines from V for Vendetta, my favorite nice. film of all time. Of course it is, you fucking Redditor. I shouted... <laughs> remember, remember the 5th of November. I shouted thank you in every single language I know. I once committed to learning it in 100 languages and just stopped around 20. My unwanted guest just sort of stammered a little bit, trying to mimic me, but failed to do so. I was no longer speaking in any recognizable pattern and tone. Nice. Eventually, it just started growling the sounds Faye and I heard in the woods when we first stayed in the cabin. Watch you, watch you, wool am I, wool am I, and started scratching around and pounding on the door. I grabbed the sage bundle and torched it with my lighter and then waved it around the door frame. I don't know if the thing outside could smell it, but it walked off the porch all pissed off, growling, and went off into the night. This time I went to the window and tried to get a glimpse of it, but all I could see was a very dark, amorphous form disappearing into the trees. I think I figured a lot of this stuff out. I think the entity is mimicking me because it's going to try and convince Faye that it is me. It is rehearsing my voice and then whispering to Faye while she sleeps, talking to her in her dreams, trying to get her to let it inside of our house. I also think it wants to convince her that I am the imposter, not it. I think also I've figured out why the voices go crazy at night and why they're getting closer to my home. These fuckers aren't trying to scare me. They're trying to deprive me of sleep. If I'm psychologically and emotionally drained, I'm weaker. If I'm delirious, I'll make a mistake. Their or his attempts to get to me will be easier. I'm still trying to figure out how like controlling Faye like a puppet in her sleep plays into all of this. I know what I saw. There was a man standing outside our house walking the exact same creepy way Faye was sleepwalking at the exact same time. I'm also considering the possibility that I already made a terrible mistake and that the imposter has already won. When I went outside on the first night with the cabin with Faye trying to see where the voices were coming from, I left the door unlocked. Slush, you and friend Bud said that it that that was the moment that Faye was replaced by something else. I don't know what to think, but for now, I'm going the fuck to sleep. Update 4.30. Well, I found the ring. Frowny face emoji. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of episode one. (laughs) Uh, uh, It's it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot to take in. Uh... <laughs> Do you feel uh, in emotional distress? I am quite upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we have a couple minutes to talk about it. What uh, what do you like about this story, and what and what is making you upset about it? So I definitely think that this has some like pretty great elements of realism to it. Like the guy seems like a real dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Faye is a little lacking in personality for me still, but, um, you know, it's, it's fine. Like I, it doesn't like bother me though. You know what I mean? It's it's the perspective of trying to alienate her from the plot. So I kind of get that. 
Exactly. So it doesn't really bother me, but he he definitely feels like a very real person to me. And I really do appreciate sure. that he's doing his best. <laughs> right. Because he's really fucking trying. I'm and trying. I have to give him props because he's really <laughs> trying to get this yeah. together. No, that's true. They're doing a pretty good job of keeping like a very like a well, I mean, it started out slower and then it seems to like the ball seems to be rolling pretty quickly now. So I am kind of wondering where they're going with this because, like, you know, there's so much more. Like, we're only, what, not even a third through this? No, we we are now officially a third. We're down to 97 pages and we started with 150. Yeah, Gotcha. We're a third through this. So I'm kind of like, fuck, okay, like, now what? Going by three-act structure, we got the introduction, we got the setup, we have the context and the setting in play. I'd say something monumental is going to happen in the next part, and then the last part is going to be the the, uh, reconciliation of the problem that happened in part two. So I imagine something's going to happen to Faye in part two, or uh, whatever evil is going to unmask itself, we might get more details. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then part three is going to be your... your, your, reaction to climax your your uh your ability to put the plates back down after being thrown up in the air so i um i i agree with everything you said i i really like this story and it and it is a little long and i feel like um you can't help but blame the the no sleep structure for it being just a little overlong. I feel like mm-hmm. we've read the same thing three or four times in different chapters, but you you, you just kind of chalk that up to the format. Um, this guy was trying to make this story last, and it's one of those... Each of these parts is a different post on Reddit, you know, that, that yeah, Reddit, yeah. they kind of text cap uh, mm-hmm. what you can post, so... He's doing his best with the format to kind of put something out there, but I can't help but feel that this almost would be better if it was a more streamlined, subsidized little, uh, like, I don't know, like 120 pages instead of 130, and, and it's mm-hmm. split into three three parts of 40. Um, I, I don't know. That's me being picky, but I just feel like we've said the same thing a couple times. I... um. I like his thought process and how he kind of illustrates that the um, the whole accent thing really, really stuck with me because I feel like that's something I would do. I love to do accents. I I do them at work. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm tempted to do them on the phone with with people. So mm-hmm. it's like um, it's interesting it, that that's what he goes like- to. It's like an excellent idea too. Like it's, no, yeah, it's practical. It's phenomenal. Like it was so, and it clearly worked. Like it did something. Right. So, so I, I kind of, I see this, uh, I see this progressing. I think uh, if, if I have any kind of remark, um, it's that I'm really, I really like where it's going, and I hope it amps up. And it's definitely gotten to the. Um, to the more uncomfortable sides of, of yes. fear for me. <laughs> I like, uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I have the like stand, like what's the word? I have the like endurance of a fucking like two year old. The it scare comes to capacity. Yeah. My scare capacity is so low. Like <laughs> people are constantly being like, oh, it's not that scary. And then I'm like, would it be frightening to a five year old? 
And if the answer is yes, it will be frightening to me. I'm like, <laughs> I, I have been improving. Yeah, no, you def you definitely have. This but story this touches on, terrifying. like like I said earlier, this story this story touches on a lot of the things that I I like about of a lot of other really popular no sleeps or or creepypasta lore. You oh, know yeah. the um the creepy naked figure that sits at the foot of your bed. That's classic rake. Rake is like yeah. up there with um with Slenderman in popularity, you know, the thing that impersonates your voice and kind of smells and and comes from Native American lore. That's classic Skinwalker shit. Like mm-hmm. this guy is touching on and then factually backing up what I would like to think is popular stuff in the stratosphere of creepypasta Mm -hmm. and no sleep lore so Mm -hmm. he is orchestrating a pretty deft maneuver i would say Mm -hmm. of hitting a lot of notes that that people like and that people like to read about on on no sleep so i can see why the story is so popular he, I'm like, I definitely get it because I, I am deeply unsettled and I've actually found myself <laughs> since we started doing this, I have been thinking about this story. Like, really? just, you know, oh yeah. Like just, you know, every now and again, I'm like, granted, I live, you know, in a city, but I'm from a very rural area. Right, right. And I like, it's just, you know, stuff like this where you've got like, well, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of like classic tropes in here and like this one definitely hits the there's something in the woods kind right. of thing. You know, and that's something that I definitely struggled with when I was younger because I Absolutely. lived in the middle of a pine I was barren. afraid <laughs> of Slenderman as a child because, oh, yeah. because I lived next to really big forests, you know, oh, yeah. both both in my adolescent and teenage mind, you know, watching Marble Hornets. I, I mm-hmm. lived in suburbia in the middle of the woods. I lived in Bucks County for a couple years. That's like deer central forest mm-hmm. n- neighborhoods. You know, you can't you can't drive a mile without going through a forest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I absolutely get it. But this is also deep reaching. This is um, oh, yeah. this is touching what? on themes of isolation, tr- trust and distrust. Mm-hmm. with your with your spouse you know um oh yeah something it's, it's... imitating other mm-hmm. people like that you don't need to be living in a city or living near a forest to to fear your your spouse not being your spouse you know oh, of like of course not and i mean and when you think about it the idea of that is just so horrifying because like you know this is yeah. the person or people if you aren't monogamous but you know this is someone who you're supposed to like share everything with like ideally you would have an incredible like deep emotional connection and you know this person like to probably better than almost anyone and then for something to be able to imitate that and then be like and like you know fool you and take that kind of like intense intimacy that you have and twist that that's terrifying there's a lot of really intense implications that come with that, and none of them feel good. <laughs> no, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. I think, like, ultimately, th- there's there's one there's really one question that's still on my mind, and it is completely mm-hmm. related to you. Um, I'm not sure if you can see where I'm that's going. Um, I'm ready. I I am wondering. If at any point in Acts 2 or 3, where, let's just say, uh, the narrator, the protagonist gets turned around, 
and uh, things got a little hot and heavy, and he maybe and he maybe he maybe does a he maybe he maybe does a little monster <laughs> fucking. <laughs> He, he fucks the imposter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I can't see that not happening. You can't, like, rule, out, considering... you can't rule out the automatic ability uh, of it, but uh, at the same time, it's like, I don't know if he, uh, at this point in the plot, even wants to be intimate with, with the fae he has, you know? That's true. I know that, I mean, granted, uh, if I was in his position, I don't think I'd be ready <laughs> for that. Because, uh, well, because he's, he's even, right now, he's hitting that point where he's still doubting if that's even right. her. You know right. what I mean? Like, the, even the right last now. Thing, so the last like, thing I'd want this story to do, but I also want it to do, like, immediately now that I'm thinking about it, is for him to, like, get hot and heavy and then be like... But honey, your vagina is upside down. <laughs> You're not the real Faye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> oh shit. Well, I um I'm really excited to continue this uh this adventure with you. Uh that was the end of part one. I'm really happy where where this is going right now. I'm really happy that this is your first series. Um this is a really good way to bring in the uh the three year anniversary. I agree. I'm super stoked about this, but I'm also terrified. <laughs> no, so, <laughs> which I think no, is a good a place good, to be in. That's a good right? tightrope to walk, specifically for this show. So um, let's uh, let's end this with some some words of wisdom. Uh, don't go to Colorado, no matter who lives there. Just don't, don't do it. Don't ever go to Colorado. If your friend tries to sell you a cabin <laughs> and says that you know there's been a couple of weird things but it's totally fine maybe don't do your research on native american <sighs> history um where Indeed. where they where they live because, a, we should know more about <laughs> i them mean anyway. we should that should, should be taught more in schools but it's not because american is america is reductive and imperialistic and likes to ignore and sweep shit under the carpet but um we we sh- exactly and yeah. wait wait is is this an anti gentrification story <laughs> at the end wait. of the day it kind of wait. is you know it's i mean like, it's as much it's as much that as it is kind of like a warning you know that like that they're that because of their kind of treatment in history that the infighting for them also got worse and made the land more bloody so you know it's it's doubly as bloody and it's our fault yeah i just like i don't know i i just i'm kind of like well i mean a who would build like i don't know do some research in an area before you even build a fucking house like come on (laughs) somebody was like somebody was like oh i'm gonna build a cabin up here and somebody else was like hey remember that one time that they buried two guys upside down and left their legs out to be eaten by wolves and then they came back to life and killed yeah, dozens of women like... and children and triggered a bloody, like, years-long battle between two tribes and destroyed what was beautiful and once full of love and light. And they were like, huh, sick. And then they built the cabin. Uh, it's it's the poltergeist. Like, it's poltergeist all over again. You, you, moved the, Yo, polter- you moved the graves, but you didn't move the bodies. You son of a bitch. Oh You've killed oh us all. God. You've killed us all. Jesus Christ. I also like, 
Poltergeist was one of the first horror movies I've ever watched because my mom is like a fan. She, oh, my yeah. mom actually, my mom's a funny woman. She doesn't like, she's not big. She doesn't like like you know regular humor. She only likes very dry British humor. Her taste in movies is bizarre. She's like, let's watch a feel good movie, but it ends with like a child dying of cancer. <laughs> like that's like, I, yeah, that movie made me feel, feel good. good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, a kid gets stabbed. And she's like, but he was nice. And I'm like, no. Right. So she she loves certain like certain horror movies she's actually really into. And Poltergeist was one of them. Oh. And she was like, oh, it's not scary. And I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking scary. I She was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still scared. I have not watched it since. I'm 24 years old. <laughs> and I'm still never going to watch it. Oh, that's such a good one. It's a, it's a masterful classic. I, I, I would recommend it to anyone. And, and the lessons, the lessons to be learned from that movie are very similar to what we're dealing with right now. It's just look before you leap. Know what you're getting into before you get into it. And don't disrespect the dead. I think this kind of comes down to like, don't disrespect the dead and don't fuck around in places where you don't belong. And I think that we can say with certainty that no one belongs at Pikes Peak. (laughs) That's a beautiful, beautiful ending to the episode. Thank you.